Blog Talk Radio. There is no time to beat around the bush. The Canes Nation wants to be heard in the wake of the defensive meltdown that took place in Lincoln, Nebraska on Saturday. So tonight, we're not going to waste any time. I'll say hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and welcome to Canesport Live, the fastest two hours in Hurricane Sports. More so than ever, tonight, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. Normally, we have 50 open phone lines waiting for you. Tonight, we've added 10 more. There's 60. There's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646 646- That's 646-595-2048. Normally, we also ask the fans on the message boards at Canesport to provide some of the topics and questions to be addressed on tonight's show. Tonight, that wasn't necessary. Everybody knows what they want to talk about. Everybody has the same ideas. I'm going to make a few requests before we get started. Don't call for the firing of Al Golden and don't call for the firing of Mark D'Onofrio. I think it's a given that there's thousands of people out there in the Canes Nation with the same idea and the same feelings. Let's not waste our time tonight talking about firing coaches. Um, the other request is obviously we're going to have a lot of callers tonight. Let's try to keep our points direct and, 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 and simple so that we can get as many people on tonight's show as possible. And with that, we're going to begin tonight's show in the 561, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Gary. How are you? Doing good. Who's this? This is Neil from Boca. Hey, Neil. How are you doing tonight? Well, I could be doing better. You know, I was telling someone who asked me the other day how, how I was feeling. I said, I'm feeling great, other than the times I watch Hurricane football games. <laughs> oh, come on. It's not that bad. Oh, no, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I wouldn't suggest anyone take their blood pressure during or after a Hurricane football game these days. Well, I mean, I, th- I thought the offense took some big steps forward this this week, obviously. Um, the problem was on defense, and I didn't feel like they even gave themselves a chance. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you're watching the, the Nebraska running the same plays over and over again, and they really didn't have to do much to challenge Miami. They didn't really even use their passing game very much in this ball game. It was just a simple um, hand the ball to Abdullah, and they were getting peeling off eight, nine, ten yards at, at a minimum every single time. You know, I, Gary, I, I agree, but you asked that we don't call for the firing of any coaches, so I'm not going to get into schemes yeah, or anything like that tonight. It's a waste of time. We all know the score, but here's what I'm concerned about. And this is what has to has to change. It's called perspective. It's called perspective. It's called understanding who we are and where Al Golden is coaching today and what our history is and what we used to do to running backs like Abdullah. Okay, what we did to guys like Tim Brown when he came down here leading the nation in all-purpose yardage and averaging close to 200 yards a game. And we destroyed that Heisman Trophy winner. We held him to 40 yards that game in all-purpose yardage, and we took his heart and we buried him. Okay, it's because we let our athletes be athletes. We let them do what they do on a football field, whether it be Danny Stubbs or Benny Blades or Michael Irvin or any of these guys. There is a misunderstanding of who we are 
in this Al Golden regime. When I hear this head coach talk about our four-game stretch at the beginning of this year being one of the toughest of any team in the country, I almost fall out of my chair. I mean, I don't want to bring up Randy Shannon's name because you'll get people going crazy on this uh, on these calls. But the fact is that in 2009, in Randy Shannon's third year, we played Florida State on the road, beat them. Georgia Tech at home, beat them. Went to Virginia Tech the next week and lost in the rain and then came back and beat a top-10-ranked Oklahoma team at the, in Miami. That, to me, was a tough stretch of football. Okay? Opening up the season one year with Penn State and Florida State on the road and beating them both. That's a tough stretch of football. Arkansas State and FAMU, are you kidding me? He had three weeks in between his two tough games to prepare for Nebraska, and we stood there like a bunch of tackling dummies the entire night and let Abdullah, whoever the hell he was, and he is a good running back, but if you switch places and put Duke Johnson on that side of the ball, he'd have had 200-plus yards as well. I mean, we did nothing. We had no adjustments. We didn't change a damn thing during the game. Our cornerbacks are still playing 15 yards off the ball, and our safeties are in another goddamn time zone. I mean, when is this going to change? I'm not saying we're championship caliber yet. We're not there yet. But we have a hell of a lot of athletes on the field on this team, and we certainly, certainly should be kicking everybody's ass on the coastal side of the ACC. Well, they still might, you know, although, you know, when you take a look at Duke and, you know, everyone's used to thinking of Duke as the old Duke, but I started looking at some of their tape today and they run a very similar offense to Nebraska and they've got a freshman running back by the name of Sean Wilson that is the best running back I've ever seen in a Duke uniform. And I'll tell you right now, if they come out this weekend with the same defensive schemes that they put on the field in Lincoln, Nebraska, This is going to be one of the darkest days in Miami football history on Saturday. And, you know, I think that that's what needs to be the biggest concern right now because the Nebraska game is in the rearview mirror. I mean, there's nothing that can be done about that as atrocious as it was at times. However, if Miami comes out this Saturday playing the same way that they played in Lincoln, then Duke is going to put another 300-plus yards rushing on the board. And... I don't even want to begin to where it's going to go from there. Well, look, you know, just the fact that you're speaking in a very worried tone about Duke tells us where our program is right now. I don't give a crap who Duke puts on the field. We should be expected to win this game by 30. But, no, not anymore, and not the way we play defense. So I don't know what the answer is anymore. I do know that to watch Denzel Perriman, and someone pointed out to me he had six tackles in the game last night. I asked him, what, in overtime? Because I didn't see him make six plays the entire night. I don't know where that fabricated statistic comes from, but our best player on defense was completely taken out of the game. And well, if that's what we're going to you know, I, I, I don't know what to say about this anymore. You told me, you told us, don't call for the firing of any coaches. Well, our coaches better read your column today in Kane Sport, and they better stand up, and Al Golden better stand up and be a head football coach already. He's not a Temple anymore. Okay, he's in Miami, and he can have his nine-year contract, but I'll tell you this, if he doesn't start being a head coach, he's going to hate the next five years that he wants to stick around Carl Gables. Well, I'll tell you what happened to Denzel Perriman. 
they weren't they were letting Nebraska man up on everybody and and nobody was moving and and it was just simple execution of their blocking schemes and every guy uh had a man to take and they took their guy and then Abdullah ran or Armstrong ran and and Denzel Perryman was helpless he couldn't do anything about it um you know they weren't getting um odd numbers into the equation by bringing safeties up um they weren't scheming at all they weren't shooting gaps there weren't linebackers you know, diving into the backfield to disrupt the plays. There was none of that. You watch Denzel Perriman at the next level. I guarantee you he's a very active, very good NFL linebacker because they will let him do what he does best, which is to attack ball carriers, something this guy doesn't let him do. He wants him to stand there and wait for ball carriers to come. He should have been shooting those gaps all night long. We ran 50-something plays. Running plays, Nebraska ran not one tackle for loss. I mean, just by accident, there's got to be a tackle for loss. Somebody slipped. Nothing. Because we just stood around and let them do whatever they wanted to do, which you pointed out uh, time and again in your columns this week. So, I don't know what to tell you. You better go get another course. I can't take much more. All right. Let's – before I let you go, though, let's talk again for one second about what needs to happen because you brought that up. And, and, and here's what I think needs to happen. I think that Al Golden and Mark D'Onofrio need to realize what they clearly have not realized yet in that they are messing up. Okay, No, they don't have great talent. But when you don't have great talent, that puts an even greater premium on the coaching. And when they watch these game tapes of teams just shredding them going back two years now, and now a continuation of that this season, they have to come to the realization and put their egos aside and realize that they're doing something wrong. So the first thing they they, they need to do is that. Then the second thing they need to do is figure out what they can do differently. And, you know, none of us here on this show are going to be experts in that regard. If we were, we'd be football coaches, okay? We did, but, but, but we are intelligent enough to see that what's going on is not working. So they need to figure out what they need to do differently. And if they don't have that within their toolbox as coaches at this point of their careers, they need to get somebody very quickly into that Hecht Athletic Center film room with them and figure it out. So that when they go out on the practice field tomorrow and Thursday and, and even into the day Friday, they can make adjustments that they need to make that will allow them to have a chance to win Saturday's game. And then you go and regroup from there. You got to go to Georgia Tech where you have to play a whole different defense anyway to stop the option. So they got to get through this ball game on Saturday and find a way to win it. And the first step is going to be figuring out what adjustments they can make on defense within the framework of what they're already doing because you can't just blow the whole thing up here in two days um, to do a better job on Saturday. Anyway, great call. Wait, start out the show. One more thing, Gary, and everybody knows this already, but you know what D'Onofrio and Golden have to stop doing is reinforcing the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Have a good night, Gary. All right, great call. Give us a call again uh, next week. All right, 646-595-2048, 6465952048. Let's continue on here on what promises to be an animated show if that first call was any indication. And let's go to the 678 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good evening, Gary. How are you? 
doing good. Who's this? This is Alan calling from Atlanta. Hey, what do you say, Alan? I'm doing all right. I want to thank you for giving uh, the Hurricanes fans a voice every Tuesday night. Much better than that uh, other show that's on QAM. I want to tell you that. But um, I want to touch on, I don't want to talk about Nebraska, and I don't want to talk about schemes. I just want to talk about recruiting and develop player development. And one thing that I've noticed, I was telling a friend of mine the other day that if you hadn't told me that Randy Shannon had been fired, I would have thought I've been seeing the same team for the last eight years. So my whole point is this. People keep pointing out, oh, we don't have the horses, or we don't have this, or we don't have the talent. Is it possible that you do have the talent, but the talent is not being properly developed and properly used? Is it is it possible that you do have all Americans on your team, but they're not being able to use, be able to come all American? When you have offensive linemen that are highly rated coming out of high school and they're all being rotated after one series, how can they ever develop into dominant linemen if that's the case? Well, are they, we they haven't done it this year on the offensive line. No, they haven't done it this year. But, but they're doing it on the we defensive have, line. But we haven't. We, 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 haven't, we haven't given – we haven't had – opportunity where we where we give players and certain players that we know that have a certain skill set skill set to develop their talent. And I'm looking at people talking about how stars and ratings don't matter. I'm watching the Alabama and Florida game and I'm seeing all these big name talents on both sides, on both teams from Florida to Alabama making plays. Some hard. What's the, what's the kid that we recruited that came out of Tampa? Her, her grades or whatever. Yes, from him to the Collins kid from Alabama to uh, the Cooper, the kid from obviously all these kids highly recruited, making plays. So don't give me that the threat star rating thing doesn't. You can't tell me that every single four star, five star Miami has recruited has just been a bust. Because I'm willing to bet you that if a Tracy Howard is playing in the Florida system, if he's playing in the Alabama system, or Deion Bush is playing in the system, you're seeing a much better player. All right, wait, let so me stop whole... you for a minute. Make it, let me stop you for a minute. I want to make a couple comments on what you're saying. No, n- number one, the last thing you said, I- I'm not sure is necessarily true, okay? Miami has good players. They don't have great players. There's really not an impact player on the defense. Well, how can that's you know my, that? Why don't we know wait, that, let Gary? Talk, let, just, let's talk for a minute, and then I'll let you continue. That puts a premium on coaching, okay? And, and that's mm-hmm. where they're falling short right now in that the that the coaching taking place on the defensive side of the ball is not rising up to compensate the talent deficiencies they have. So now you've got mm-hmm. a combination of the two, and that's the problem. The other thing I want to point out is you mentioned the Florida-Alabama game, and I just had a chance to start watching that today, but and I haven't gotten through too much of it. But one of the other things you saw in that game was the first time in that ball game that the Florida defense put a linebacker on a wide receiver in the slot. Alabama. Yeah, I saw. I, had, I saw they, that too. They, they had that kid go 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 on a deep route, and they hit him for a 95-yard touchdown pass. Okay, the 95-yard yeah. touchdown pass. The first time Florida played defense the way Miami's playing defense. It does. You yeah. can't get away with that. Okay, these aren't yeah. NFL linebackers playing. Yeah. In, in, 
in, in college football right now. Okay, There's not one linebacker on the Miami Hurricanes that's going to be an all-pro one day at the next level. You might be able to get away with that with a select number of guys in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I know you'll see it occasionally on a Sunday where you'll end up with a matchup like that. It's not going to work in the college game, and it's certainly not going to work with the personnel that Miami's putting on the field. They have to stop taking Thurston Armbrister and Tyreek McCord and putting them out on the perimeter covering receivers. Because not only are you winning your running game when you're doing that, but you're exposing yourself in the passing game. It's it's totally flawed, and it's not ever going to work, and it's something that needs to stop immediately. That's the first thing I'll say. Um, now, go ahead. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but to my point is this, Gary. We, people can say that coaching coaches can do but so much. You can take uh, Auburn in, in that case. The year before uh, Chizik got, not Chizik, uh, yes, not, well, whoever, the year before the, pre, the coach that's there now got there, they didn't win not one SEC game, not one SEC conference game. I think they, they changed like coaching and they played for the national title. Yes, yes. So you, 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 you tell them, but the, everybody knew the talent was there for, for Auburn because they've been recruiting in the top 10, 15 for the last three or four years. So Miami is the same thing with Miami. Miami's been recruiting top 15 for the last four or five years, six, seven years. So you can't tell me that there isn't talent there to win games because, I, honestly, Nebraska's not that good of a team. And we're going to see them get exposed some, at some point this year by a team that's either equal to Miami or maybe a little bit better than Miami. So and my you already thing saw is, people get exposed. And my, my whole thing is this, is we always tend to make players look better than what they really are. Um, and if some of that happens to do with the players not being properly developed, it's, you know, from the tackling aspect and, and, and just making proper decisions on, on being, you know, and being, and, and being positioned correctly. Like, when I look at our staff, who, 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 who's coming after our, 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 play, our, our staff, staff members? Do you honestly think that um, Nick Saban would take a guy, a year, a coach, year removed from high school, and put him on the staff to coach running back. No disrespect to Ice Harris, but he has no business coaching at this level at this point. And I'm looking at our looking at our staff. Our staff is not that impressive. Jeffo Franklin has been in several different programs from the NFL to from USC, but he hasn't lasted anywhere long. Nobody's coming after him for a D, for a D line coach position. Nobody's coming out to Keo for an O-line coach position. Matter of fact, Keo was jobless before we, before Golden even got here. So a lot of that has to do with who's coaching these guys up at their position. We can go back to, if we want to talk about the 2001 talent, look at the coaches that were coaching some of that talent up now. Most of those guys have had coaching positions now. So that tells you that the, the, right. the talent – you're you're right, and you're making a lot of great points. But but let's assume you're not changing the coaching staff right now, okay? I mean, no, that's a, I'm not, I think I'm not that's talking, I'm not talking yeah, yeah. about changing I mean, the you're coaching not, staff. You know, he, he had the opportunity to make adjustments in that regard back in January, mm-hmm. and he chose not to do it, okay? And that was it's his it, it was his choice, and you know I I think he understood 
what he was doing. I think he knew that he had deficiencies, but I think he wanted to give this coaching staff, as it's constituted, an opportunity to come back with a clean slate this year. Okay, I, I don't mm-hmm. think Al Golden was oblivious to the fact that he might have some issues on his coaching staff. Okay, that's number one. Okay, but number two, let's assume that now you're going to go to war here. You're a third of the way through the season. You've got eight games left where you've got to go to war with what you have. Okay, and what I wrote about today and what I'm saying is the head coach, to the best of his ability, has to coach his assistants first and his players second. It's the assistant coaches that then take the teachings of the head coach down to the player level, and the head coach you know, weighs in where he feels he needs to and contributes as he wishes. Okay, mm-hmm. so the first thing that needs to take place is if there's problems with the schemes, if there's a problem with what Mark D'Onofrio is doing, if James Coley went into a shell on opening night and, and let himself get a, a little too affected by the fact that he was playing with a true freshman kid um, and his offensive line was having some mental implosions out there and, and it, it forced them to go into a shell, Al Golden's got to step up and be a head coach. And he's got to get in the headset up at Louisville and say, James, I don't care what it takes. Get the damn ball going down the football field. and Let's use our playmakers and get out of here with victory. On Saturday at Nebraska, he needs to say to Mark D'Onofrio, Mark, would you please get some safeties in the box and stop this running? They're just, you know, they're eating up the clock. They're, they're stampeding us down the field. You know, you, you give up 340 yards rushing when your offense plays as well as the Miami offense did and held on to the ball as long as they did. If my Miami offense doesn't have a good night up there at Lincoln, they would have had 400-plus yards rushing easily. That's how bad it was, okay? So the stat sheet is deceiving, and that's what I'm talking about. As a head coach, you have to take control of your football team, and that's what I'm looking for from Al Golden from the outside looking in and looking for him to take the next step of progression as a head coach. He needs to get more proactive in these situations and solve these problems during all games. And then, and, uh, at the end of the year, if you have other problems on the coaching staff, at that point, that's when you deal with them at the end of the season. You're not going to see any more. One more question, Gary. Um, you know, you know uh, I just wondered, I, I haven't been paying too, too much of attention to recruiting this year as, I'm, as, as I've done in previous years. But I'm, I'm wondering, is Al Golden maybe a little bit overrated as a recruiter because – I know a lot of people put a lot of the blame a lot of times of, of not getting a lot of certain recruits because of the NCAA violations. But now that we're, we, we, have, we have gotten our sanctions and our penalties and everything like that, and that is over with, I'm looking – I don't see anything that's too much different from previous years for us recruiting goals. I'm hearing people talking about 2016, but what about 2015? And, and if I'm – if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I remember somebody saying about there's only two Dade County uh, recruits uh, committed at this time. I don't know what's going to happen down the road, but my whole thing is this. Um, I don't, I'm wondering, is, you know, does Al just have that in him, that, that dog of a, of a recruiter in him? And I'm wondering if, if he's just been a tad overrated as a, as a recruiter. Yeah, he, yeah, he's gotten some, some good, he's gotten some talent here and there. I, I, I will think- grant you that. I think he, Al Golden is, is a very good recruiter, uh, but but I think that the the issues that they have right now is they're not competitive on a national scale, and the reason for that is he doesn't have enough great recruiters on his coaching staff, and you know 
you take a look, if you, if you said to me, who is the best recruiter on the staff as an assistant coach? It's James Foley by a mile. Well, he's only been here a year, okay? And you know, there's other guys that are, that are doing okay jobs, and they're getting some players. But, you know, the evaluation and things that have taken place, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, uh, mm-hmm. have been absolutely horrific. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you've got 15 defensive linemen on this team right now, and not one of them yeah. is an impact player. I mean, that's yeah. not one of them is and, an impact player. Now, Chad Thomas yeah, and, might evolve into that, but right now, yeah. today, he is not an impact player. You don't have an impact linebacker on this roster right now. With all the kids and, that have been signed the last three or four years, you don't have an impact linebacker on this team right now. And I'll tell you something else. Deion Bush is doing pretty well. But you don't have an impact defensive back on this roster either. So that's where recruiting is falling short. And that's not Al Golden's deal. That's his assistant coaches who are out in the field evaluating and bringing these players to the to, to the staff as a unit and saying these are the guys that we identify that we should be going after. And then it's Al Golden's job to go into the homes and close the deals. They're not getting good enough players. And that's the and that's the problem. And, and that's just what I didn't understand because on offensive on the offensive side, it's clearly showing that they, the offensive side has has out recruited the defensive side of the ball. Well, but, but, whole, but wait a minute, whole, that's, whole, because, that's because the elite players are from are from the three hundred five and the nine five four. I mean, Duke Johnson three hundred five, Philip Dorsett nine five four, Stacy best players on your team, they're from South Florida. They wanted to stay home and play in front of their parents. So that's not winning recruiting battles out on the horizon. That's getting mm-hmm. the players home that you should get, and they yeah. better get those guys. So or else people keep saying that trouble. because the they got to do a better job outside of South Florida. Yeah. And a better and, job and inside I'll, of South Florida when yeah, you look at all the guys that have left, but they are doing better in South Florida. Yeah, they got a commitment from Jaquan Johnson. They got a commitment from Jordan Scarlett. Okay, um, so they're doing better inside of South Florida. Okay, now they got to take it and do better outside of South Florida. So when you look at that recruiting list, you're not seeing mm-hmm. three star, star three star, three star. You're seeing four star and maybe even an occasional five star. Well, as I'm looking at the recruiting list now, I'm seeing a lot of three stars on this list. I don't yeah. know what is going to. I don't want to see. I don't, I don't know. Just to take it one step further, then when you, if you do start getting those better kids, you still better clean up the problems you're having on game day because it doesn't matter how great your athletes are. If they're not in a position to have a chance, it, it, it's irrelevant. Still with Hello? me? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. All right. You got anything else tonight before we move on? Oh, that's all. Just keep me on hold, Gary. I'm still listening to the show. All right, you got it. Hey, thanks for calling in tonight. Um, give us a call again next week. All right, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 513, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? What's going on, man? Doing good. How you doing tonight? Oh, man. Hey, listen, man. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I'm as frustrated as even the word that I even want to describe right now as a Kane's fan. I, I, I guess where I'm going to start off is, is that what kind of really just irritates me about team is it's not even on the offensive side. Let's just stick with defense because that just seems like that's the hot topic here. My whole well, the thing is – it's just, itself up. Well, I mean – the, the other night. Well, 
Well, well, Garrett, the problem I have is is adjustments. I'm sitting there in the Nebraska game, and it's 17-14. The defense held up pretty good. I'm saying, okay, at, towards the end of the first half. So I'm saying, okay, Coach D, adjust to something. Because that's my biggest thing with him. It's almost like if you see something's not working in the first half, adjust to it. Don't come out in the second half and just do the same exact thing you were doing in the first half. And not only do that, it's almost like it's almost like he really firmly believes like it's going to work. I'm like, dude, it's not working. Well, you know, it's funny because it. I, I thought last year he he did that at times. You know, that they've always been bad in the first half. The first half. Right, but here, that's the problem. It's like he's unprepared. Yeah, Yeah, they've always been bad in the first half, but at least sometimes last year and the year before that, you would see adjustments made at halftime, and they would come out and be better in the second half. Yeah, it was a single time you felt like that. It wasn't a single. I'm, I'm looking, okay, for example, with Perryman. I like Perryman, but sometimes Perryman can do some stupid things. Like, for example, the swing pass that, that Abdullah had for the touchdown. I'm I'm sitting in freeze frame on my direct TV. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, does Denzel have Abdullah come out the backfield, or is he focused on what was the quarterback's name? Um, what was his name? Um, I don't I remember, but yeah, Armstrong. Yeah, Armstrong, it was Armstrong, yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, Perryman, you got Abdullah coming out the backfield. You have Abdullah coming out the backfield on a swing pass. And, like, he waits. And it's clearly obvious it's the design to him. You see Abdullah going right off to the right, and he just stands there, Gary. He hesitated. He stands there. Yeah, and he hesitates. And I'm sitting he up hesitated. There like, right, and I'm sitting there like, Perryman, that's your man. And, and I don't know if it's just – listen, we can debate about schemes and all that other stuff. My point is, is this. Last year, I believe, Florida State had a defensive coordinator. He tried to implement – a certain scheme that the players were not really catching on to all that well. I believe it was at the beginning of the year. So guess what? A good coach tweaks things a little. Yeah, you may still run the same scheme, but you may try to kind of fit certain blend to try to at least give them a little easier, more time to adapt. Tanoff hasn't done none of that. None of that. If if you know that the players are not catching on to this scheme and they're not and people are having mental I see Deion Bush jumping up and down in the back like he's almost like forcing someone to be in the right spot. If people are not getting that, then you need to kind of simplify things or not do no vanilla. I'm talking about tweak it. Tweak it. If you know that you don't have certain personnel to run that scheme, because to me, a 3-4, you got to have the personnel, you got to have the bodies, and you got to have the thinkers. You, gotta, you, you cannot have – we don't even have the bodies to run a 3-4. With no, they, you know, I don't that. think anybody. I don't think anybody is suggesting that a three-four defense can't work if you have the right personnel to execute the scheme. I, I, I no, mean, no, there no, have no, Gary, I understand. No, no, Gary, I feel what you're saying with that. What I'm saying is, is this: tweak it, just tweak it a little bit. Florida State's defensive coordinator, beginning of the year last year, tweaked it, and they were just a juggernaut after that. Yeah, they may have like given up some big plays, but they tightened up, like for the Clemson game. They saw Clemson was going to run. They just stacked nine in the box, and they dared the quarterback to throw. We gave Nebraska no type of – it was almost like, okay, I'm going to stay with these seven, and I'll occasionally bring up a safety. No, just bring up everybody and make Armstrong beat you. Gary, you knew they was going to run all game. I knew. My four-year-old oh, son they, knew. My two-year-old daughter knew. They had no knew. choice but to run all game. It was being handed to them. 
exactly, but that's they, my they just point. Kept lining Everyone up the knows. Same they, they kept watching the linebacker play halfway out on the perimeter, and they kept watching the safeties 12, 13, 14 yards down the field. And they just kept pounding the ball. They manned up one-on-one, made their blocks, and, and did a nice job. And Abdullah had nothing but space to run to. And that's, and that's my point. And, and, what, and what makes me so mad is, Gary, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a grown man. I cried. I was six years old. I cried when Penn State beat Miami in a Fiesta Bowl. That was in 86. I was six years old. Okay? It hurts me that people just look at us as a joke. We're getting called the candy canes on game day. We have no respect. We have been transformed into a mediocre program. That's what we are. When you're up here worried about, okay, you know, Duke, they run the same offense, that's not good. That's not Hurricanes football. We weren't predicated on that. And it's almost like I feel like, Golden, you say, oh, we don't pay attention to that stuff. Well, you better because I'm telling you this right now. If the same thing happens with Duke, it is going to be like the people went on the Troy, on the great Troy wall. And, it, and it's, it's going to be a mutiny of fans coming like, what are you doing? I mean, it, 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 just, it just frustrates me. Gary, it's how bad I was frustrated. My son was tossing the football with me. I kind of completely zoned out. He just completely blasted me in the face with the football. And I was just so tuned into the game. I was just so ticked off. And I'm like, D'Onofrio, really? Eight men in the box? You're not going to do this? You see what I'm saying? I mean, why well, is he better? He better Hyatt? come with something different this week. You got to come with something different this week because Duke runs a similar offense, and they've got the best running back I've ever seen in a Duke uniform. So uh, well, we'll see what happens. Thing, hey, just ahead. one more thing, Gary. Let me just ask you this. I read your column today. It was a great column. My thing is, and I'll, and I'll just put me on hold, do you just think that Al Golding gets being at Miami? I know you hear this all the time, but sometimes, like the one – reporter that asked him a question after the game and he was completely stomped and he didn't know what to say. Well, he, he was blindsided. In, fair, in fairness to him, he was blindsided by that question. But the thing is, if you take that long, even if you're blindsided, you, you, have, you cannot tell me that you don't realize that that's not working. You can't tell me you cannot realize that. I can't like, explain we're just idiots. I like Al Golden. Man, Al Golden's a, uh, you know, I, I like him. You know, I, from the day he arrived in Coral Gables, I thought he could be really successful at Miami. Um, I just I don't understand, you know, what he's doing to himself. I re- you know, it, it's like somebody that's sitting there, you know, like you know, poking poking holes in their skin, and 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 uh, you know, I don't know, man. Kind of it, he got kind of offended at that question, like, "What do you want?" Like, guys, I don't know what else. I'm like, "What are you, Golden? It's not working." If he you know, wants I to think save maybe, his job, he has to tweak something. I think maybe sometimes he's blindly positive, like blind, and, and and like maybe he just believes things that that aren't real at times when when it comes to the schemes or the personnel and and and. But you know, I watch some of the things that they're doing, and it, it's to me, it's self-inflicted pain. It, it's it's like somebody that's sitting there, you know, slitting their wrist, or you know, I mean, I don't want to get you know too crazy here, but it's self-inflicted pain. I mean, it, it, it's it's. You know, I I feel kind of bad for him to be honest with you. Well, yeah, all right, let me, you um, let, show. Let, just let keep me on hold. On. Yep, you're, you'll be on thanks, hold. And, uh, th- thanks for being part of the show and uh, give us a call again next week. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the seven five seven. Oh, give me a minute here. Well, you're now live. Hey, 
I'm doing fine. I ain't nobody but Kim from VA. Well, we said it'll be a tough day, and I'm going to make this kind of real quick, and i got to ask you one important question before I'm done. Okay, the defense went from 8 to 51. No problem. They, they are who we thought they are. That's our defense. You get a big team that runs in pounds, and this is what happens. <clears throat> now, y'all say we don't have talent. I don't listen to you know people up there. Maybe we don't have that top-rated talent, but when I look what happened to us last year to do, you don't get the players that man you get. Now, am I wrong? No, you're right. They have a running back. Yeah, running back <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. This new freshman uh, running back he, looks pretty darn good to me. Well, see, I haven't seen him, but I heard he ran 212 yards two weeks ago. So they did find a gym. I heard he's a, he's a nice back. But my thing is, Miami does have talent. I think I'm not going to say it's not coaching up. The kids just like they don't have a heart. They don't have that drive that they used to have. I'm, maybe because I'm a four-star, five-star. You bought my age. I'm 46 years. You know what? Let me stop you. Wait, wait, time out, time out. Let me stop you for a minute. Those kids were invested in that game the other night. Um, Being fired up was not. Time out, time out, time out. Being fired up was not an issue the other night. Okay, those kids were invested. Okay. They they weren't put in a position to make plays. Well, then that starts with, like you say, the coaches. That now, from my understanding, all the schemes are golden. You might know better than me, but that's what you see on Kane Sports. You read the book. It's not that Offrey OD. It's Golden's team. But if it's Golden's team, Golden's are more responsible than Offrey It's both of their Ds. Then, it's then there's a problem there. They are a partnership, okay, in every yeah. sense of the Okay, they are, a, really a partnership. they are you know, a partnership. They are true partners from the business side you, to the playing side. They are true business partners. Okay, well, sometimes you got to cut somebody loose. You know, I mean, sometimes, hey, buddy, partner, whatever it is, if you want to stay in Cole Gable, you're going to have to do what you got to do. We know you got that big contract. Ain't nobody talking about getting, nobody getting fired. Like you said, you don't want to hear that crap tonight, and I understand that. But things got to change. And like you said, if we don't tighten up, here comes Duke. Here comes Duke. Nobody would have ever thought Duke. We would have to worry about Duke University and we're Miami Hurricanes. Florida State been an ACC forever and a day. They might have struggled, but they found a way to beat Duke. To me, you don't lose the Duke. Now, here's what I want to ask you, and I'm going to get off this line because you got a million other people. What loss to you is worse? The Orange Bowl 41 nothing. Randy Shannon's first year, this is my friend Charles, I told him I asked you this, or the Duke loss last year. Now, me, it's Duke because you never, if you're Miami, lose to Duke, period. Which one uh-huh. do you think is worse? I would say the Virginia loss. There will never be a darker day in Miami Hurricane history than the night that they were closing down the Orange Bowl and got blown out of the place. I don't care about losses in national championship games or anything. There will never be a darker night in Hurricane lore than the night that this program shut down the Orange Bowl Stadium where all those great moments took place and got blown yes, out by Virginia. No, there's no comparison. Now, to you, there's no comparison. But to me, it is. That's true. That Orange Bowl loss was bad. It was like only because they were closing it. That's all y'all got. That's it. If they wanted to close the Orange Bowl, there wouldn't be no discussion about that. Duke would be the worst loss, period. But I'm fine with that. But hopefully, we don't need to do this week, or that will be the second worst loss to me. But I ain't mad at you, man. You do a great job. Your show is awesome. Keep me on hold. I'll let you next week. You got it, man. Hey, thanks for calling. All right. 
All right, we're rocking and rolling here. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the um, the five zero two, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, Gary? This is uh, Logan. I've been on Kane Sport for about uh, a little over eight years, man. You wrote probably two of the best articles I've read on there in that time. So props to you, my man. Uh, thank you, man, and we appreciate you. Thank you for being with us for so long. Well, I mean, I know you. I see you on the board. You straight shoot, and, I, and it's about time I seen you get fired up. I know you said you try to be impartial, but uh, but that was pretty good. It's about time. How I can you not? You I am. In, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm totally impartial, but how can you not get fired up by I, by what you saw on the defensive side of the ball in Lincoln, Nebraska? I mean, it's such a big night for the program. I mean, the opportunity was so grandiose, and and to watch the way that they went about their business that night. How, could, how do you not get fired up? I mean, there's a reason why we. I mean, there's a reason why everybody is beside themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, for two years, everybody that's seen the defense, you know, I know you were saying, you know, wait till we get the players, the sample size. Uh, you know, I listened to Neil Allen. You know, great calls. The guys before him, I didn't catch their names, but uh, you know, I think just to just to put a point on that real quick, I think we do got some decent athletes. They're not world beaters, but they're just not in a position to make the grand play. I mean, they're too far off the ball in the secondary, and if they're not throwing it deep, you know, we're not going to get the picks from Deon, uh, from Devin and uh, Jamal Carter and them because they're so far off the ball. They're not cutting not under routes. the game. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, different fucking area code. My bad, didn't mean to cuss, but different area code. You know, it's like, geez, where are, these, where are our safeties at? That's our backbone. Three, four defense, safety's got to be up. you got to leave like Troy Palomoli. Where's our strong safety to bring up that extra body to, to slam somebody in the open field. It's uh it was it was really depressing watching that game. I think my couch got some vents in it. I was throwing the remote and pillows and punches. <laughs> I mean it was I mean it's just so hard to, to to watch our defense uh you know stack up against the line. And I know he made a comment saying he was stacking the box. I didn't get to watch the replay. I know you broke it down but I watched every how many play times? I I'm like I'm thinking I'm like out of my mind to be honest with you because I I didn't see that at all. I watched every play. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that was I was going to ask you where where does where does your box stretch? Is it sideline to sideline, five yards off the ball? Because when I played ball, that wasn't my box for stopping the run. No, there wasn't <laughs> you know? anybody um, in any box. Okay, I, I saw Jamal yeah. Carter blitz I think twice. Yeah, and it's it's almost kind of like I'm, I know you're in the press conferences. I know you got to kind of have the agenda to, to not, you know, beam him in the press conference. But, you know, I don't – does he think that, like, when he's talking, like you said, he, is it, like, positively blind that, you know, he thinks he's talking to a bunch of morons? <laughs> you know, like, no, that he's just going to spit really something out and everybody's just going to believe? He has a lot of blind optimism in him. I, I, I really do. And, and I think it affects some of the decisions he makes as a coach. And, um, you know, being positive is great. I mean, believing – in your players is great. Believing in your coaches is great. But when once the ball's kicked off, you got to deal with what's going on on the field. And um, they needed to make some serious adjustments to what they were doing. As It was flawed coming out of the gate. Okay, that's one issue. But it was obvious very quickly in that ball game that everything that they were doing was totally flawed. Okay? And they had an opportunity to correct the mistakes that they made in game planning and they never did it. And and that's why you have a fan base that's imploding on on top of them right now because everyone's seeing the same things. And then you've got the national experts weighing in with their opinions which are right on the button and they're seeing the flaws. And you know, the end result is 
that now you have coaches that are the focal point of attention in this program for what they're doing wrong instead of what they're doing right. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think he's way too nice. Like you said, he's a great guy. I think I wrote on the board today, he's a great guy. But we want a football coach. I mean, if he's nice to his wife and his kids, that's great. But I want a guy that's going to be out there and he's going to give the pressure on the assistants. If the player's not getting it right, you might harp on the player in practice, but behind closed doors, you tell Hurley Brown, you tell Paul Williams, you tell Deion Farrell, hey, you know, I want Jamal Carter a badass. You know, I want Evan Bush, you know, tearing somebody's head off, or I want him picking a pass off. And, you know, make it happen. If he's not getting it, then you put somebody back there that will. You know, put him in a position to, to, to flash. I want to see him on ESPN Top Ten. You know, you know, that's what I hope for a football coach, to be hard-nosed, you know, run the players through the dirt. Don't pat them on the back unless they really did something great. Don't give out participation ribbons. You know, all this patting them on the back stuff, you know, he's a nice guy. But then at the end of the game, he blames the players. You know, he's oh, they missed tackles. That's the reason why we lost. No, the reason why we lost is they're running the ball down our throats and you guys are giving them five, six yards a pop. <laughs> I mean, that's not the reason for missed tackles. You just couldn't, you couldn't stop them at the line. Now, scheme, I'm not going to go into in in the, all the scheme and who runs this, who runs that. Any defense can beat any offense. Any offense can beat any defense. That's the way football is played. But when you automatically give somebody the pre-snap alignment to give them something and they're taking it from you and you don't do anything to take it away, that is insanity. That's, I mean, it's almost like he's watching the game and rewind and he's thinking we're getting five or six-yard losses. I don't know. But uh, it's just uh, it's pretty sad. Uh, I just want to get to your opinion. Yeah, give us, on, give us uh, a final the, point. Go ahead. Thurston um, has been playing great this year, and I know last year everybody gave him a hard time because he's been split out over top of a receiver. But in your mind, if you're a defensive coach and you're one of, the, one of your linebackers, out of all the linebackers you've got on our defense, everybody on the bench, who would you put out there? At, at the slot, if you, if that's the way you want to run your defense and you're going to cover somebody up, who are you going to put out there? It would have to be. If, if, I mean, I don't believe in it at all. But if you if you were no, going to do no, it, exactly. it, would, it, it would probably be Jermaine Grace. Exactly. My and you know what? We don't get paid a dime to make that decision, do we? No. Exactly. The guy runs a four four forty. He's basically an oversized strong safety. He's the fastest linebacker. And they've got him in the middle there with, with Denzel Perryman. Like, who who's he supposed to cover and pass? I mean, he, Thurston Ambrister's going to get torched on those wheel routes that they tried to get, they missed. And it's like my buddy called, and I said the same thing. I said, well, look at that. Tracy Howard made a pick on a bad throw that he's not even around. He just turned around and picked it off, you know, eight, nine yards away from the receiver. Yeah, it was a nice <laughs> yeah, play. I mean, it, was, it was a horrible throw by the quarterback. But, yeah, but you're absolutely yeah. right in what you're saying about the linebackers. I mean, they were lining up and say, hey, throw the bubble screen and we'll give you 15 yards and go to the next play. I mean, it was outrageous. Yeah. I mean, you could go on yeah. and on. I mean, I, you know, we could sit here all night. I mean, it, it oh, play exactly. after play after play, I mean, it was, it was outrageous. Well, the final statement I was going to say is I think our Tariq McCord could be just like their Randy Gregory if he was put in that same exact position. I know somebody was calling about – you know, recruiting no. and this and that. I think our boys. I mean, he can he can at least show out. You know, he might not make five right. or ten plays. Here's what I'll say. I think had Tyreek McCord redshirted as a freshman and been allowed to build his body the way he needs to, and then played a little bit in his second year, 
Um, and now he's sitting here as a redshirt sophomore. I would say the future looks very bright for Tyreek McCord. But he wasn't brought along the way he needed to be. He was rushed into playing time. And now he's sitting here as a junior. His body is still not where it needs to be. He is not Gregory by any stretch of the imagination. And not sure he ever will be. He, he's a yeah, decent well, player. It was more or less player. just, I, I mean, he could he could rush the passer and he can disrupt the running game if he was Not coming really. off the edge properly. Not really. You don't think so? I, huh. No, he can't rush the passer. When was the last time you saw him have a sack? Well, he's, he's only not, got one, one. He's only got one pass rush move. So I was hoping he'd yeah, at least learn to cut outside and dart inside. There's, but there's not a pass rusher on this team right now. Well, I don't think they coach it very well. But again, we're getting into. I'll let you talk about that about you know with with other people. But yeah. But uh, appreciate Gary. If you want to put me on hold, I'll, I'll still listen. But thanks, right, thanks for uh, having the show. Yeah, man. Thank, appreciate it. Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's go out now to the nine zero four, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? What's going on? This is Duval, man. What's happening? Doing good. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm good. Hey, Gary, I called you last week. Hey, you letting them people talk too long again, man. My boys want to talk. I know. I'm phone. trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to move it along. Let's go. Let's go. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, look at that. So I guess you understand where I stand at from last week, if you remember me calling. But I was one of the guys in support of the banner that Danny Vasquez had going on. And I guess it's safe to say after the game this past Saturday that it's pretty much a good uh, something that's good to be behind. But that's a whole other story. Anyway, um, I'm looking at the article in the Miami Herald today talking to D'Onofrio, and he's telling me he wants to tell the fans that he was. He had eight men in the box sixty percent of the time. That now, is when flat I'm not true. At I game, don't know where that's it, coming from. I, you I, I, know that's true. They, you know what? To be honest with you, Gary, I think that they think that the fans are stupid, man. But that's just me. But anyhow, um, he says sixty percent of the uh, of the time the men are. Uh, he has eight men in the box. I'm looking at five man boxes, six man boxes on third and short, Gary. When August, I mean, when uh, Nebraska has a jumbo package. You know, they got uh, nine men in, or they have ten men on the line and one, one wide receiver out wide. We got five or six guys in the box. You know, you can't win like that. You beat off top. You know, so then he goes to talking about how the players, you know, they got to execute better. They got to know the system better. One constant thing that I'm seeing with um, these coaches, Golden and D'Onofrio in particular, is that they have a really bad habit of blaming the players. Now, at some point over these past four years, if if you continue to blame the players, it's all going to come at you anyway because why do you have these players on here who, who can't seem to grasp what you want them to do? Now, you can't as a blame, coach, you can't you blame the players if, 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 unless you're doing everything right yourself. Right. So, like I say, it's all continuing. Now, I can see if you, this is your first year you instituting your system. I can see if it's year one and you have players having minimal stakes. But this is into year four. Now we, we're four games in, or, or three games in, however many games, well, four games, because this is supposed to be the toughest four-game stretch anyway. But we're four games in now, and he's still blaming players four years or three years with four games in. And at some point, you know, the, the individual, in this case the coaches have to look at themselves and say, well, I'm not doing something right. Let, let, let me just humble myself and try to, you know, tailor this system to the type of athlete that I have, and that's what you're not seeing with Golden and D'Onofrio. And uh, 
And like you said, I heard what you said at, at the top of the show about, you know, not calling for the firing of Al Golden. So I'm not going to call for his firing, firing, but I'm going to call for his resignation. And I really kind of hope that he hears me when I say that. So I'm not going to take up your time. I'm going to respect the airways. I hope everybody who listening right now keep their comments short. Let everybody get on the call. Gary, thank you for taking my call. I'm going to shout out to my baby girl in there, laying down in the bed. That's my wife. Shout out to my kids. Shout out to Poops. Boy, I told you I had you. And shout out to the whole WZ. Love y'all, man. I'm going to holler at you. All right, man. Hey, th- thanks for being part of the show. He's calling, calling for a resignation, <laughs> not a, not, not a firing. All right, uh, let's go out now to the 484, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Yo, what's up, gang? That was that last was funny. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> he said the resignation. <laughs> Yo, this is Philly, man. Hey, what's up, Philly? How you doing tonight? Hey. Doing good, man. You know, I, I had to get on you uh, if I get to my points. So a uh, call you said you had said earlier about uh, we had no pass rushers on this team, and I don't think that's true. I think McCord he's showing it his freshman year against NC State, and he showed it last year against Florida. You know, when he had those those, those two pressures in that sack on um on Dr- on Drexel or, or Drexel that he is a, he could be a pass rusher. We just don't use him that way. Or they don't use him that way. They got him covering slot receivers, or they got him doing stunts inside when he should be attacking outside, like Gregory was and like Big Beasley does at Clemson. So I mean, I just want to point that out to you. That kind of leads me into my point of what I, I called about last week. We talked about how you have good coaches do more with less, okay? And great and great coaches, good and and, and, and good coaches do great when they have more. Golden has more, and we're still getting the same result that we got the last – I'm not going to talk about two years. I'm talking about the last four years. I'm going back to when we played Boston College and we let the receiver, Amadon, we knew what they were going to do, and we still set back 10, 15 yards and play, play pitch and catch, okay? When we go back um, – okay, let's go back last year. We played Virginia Tech. Instead of blitzing um, – Instead of blitzing the uh, the quarterback, we sat back once again, let him play pitch and catch. That Nebraska game reminded me of the Duke game last year, where we let we let Duke run the same run play over and over again with the quarterback who now transferred out uh, from last year. The same quarterback, they ran the same run play over and over again, and we did nothing. You know. Yep. You had mentioned you, you, you talk, spot on. You talked you, you talk about Golden and how he has to change. Gary, he's not changing. He's not. He's not changing. This, 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 this is this is his philosophy. This is what he. This is who he's been so since they, Temple. If they this don't change, I, I mean, I feel for the University of Miami because the University of Miami is in a pickle. If they don't change and, and, and start being different and, and approaching these games differently. Um, this university and this football program has a massive problem on its hands. I mean, you have to you have to do something. I mean, because I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not on I'm like I'm like you I'm not on like the all oh, it's all Benafrio's fault. I mean, I'm putting it on Franklin too. I've been putting it on Franklin since he since he got here because Saturday guy, night. I'm gonna be honest. Wait a minute. Let me stop you for a minute. Saturday night was the first time, and you know where I've stood on this for three years now. 
Okay, I've always said this is not a one man problem. It's not fair to judge yet. You know, yada yada yada. And I meant it, and I think I was right for the previous three years. Saturday night was the first time in this tenure since they arrived in Coral Gables that I did feel that it was all on Mark D'Onofrio. I, I really did. And and as an extension, Al Golden. That's how bad it was. That might okay. have been but, the but, worst okay, coordinated yeah. game I have ever seen in 35 years of covering football. I'm dead serious. Let me just say one thing. I'm listening to the radio today, and they're, they're talking about Tom Olivadotti's tenure with the Dolphins and all that, and comparing it and trying to figure out who's the worst defense coordinator to ever work in South Carolina. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Okay, that, that's all great. I've been doing this since the late 1970s, okay? I don't know that I have ever seen a worse coordinated game than what I saw on Saturday night. And I like Mark D'Onofrio. I, I think he's a great guy. He's got a nice family, nice kids. I mean, he is a he's a phenomenal human being. Um, and I hope he's not mad at me because I really like him. Okay? But that was the worst coordinated game I think I've ever seen. You must not, you must not have watched the Duke game from last year because it was pretty much the same game. Oh, no, we, yeah, knew this, we, we knew what they were going to do. And we this still was had worse. to run the same you know, play over and over at, again. At, at Duke last year... They they kind of got blindsided a little bit in the second half and didn't really have a chance to adjust. This, this was a flaw. Gary, how do, you, how, Gary, how do you not adjust? They ran they ran the same offense. You you even said it about three months, about four calls ago that but Duke it, runs it, the same it, offense. I, understand. I get it. I, I know I get it. But but at Duke last year, it snowballed on them in the third and the fourth quarter. From in this game, the flaws were apparent from the opening kickoff and. They never changed, never adjusted, never tried to take the game to Nebraska. They let those kids go out there, and they literally might as well have been those those rubber and, and plastic uh, blocking dummies that they lay out on the practice field um, as bodies when the offense is learning plays. You know, to show you go block this guy, you go block that guy, because that's exactly what it looked like. I mean, I, you know what? And I, I, I'll say I'll say that I got two points, and I'll let you go on with the show. Get to other callers. Like I mentioned before, and I've been mentioning a lot of times, I, I feel that it's, it's been a, a, a plan. I feel that it's, it's been a failure in plan of development. I think a caller had mentioned it earlier. They just have not. It's, a, it's, a, it's been a failure in planning to develop guys. It's been a failure in planning to evaluate and recruit the right people. You know, you don't need you don't need four and five star defensive linemen or linebackers to run successful defenses. Let me let me let me give you this. I looked this up. The last three to four years, the top defenses have been like Stanford, UConn, Michigan, Notre Dame, Utah State, Rutgers, Louisville, Cincinnati, and, and Vitek. Last year, you had the, the top defenses were, okay, you had Florida State, Alabama, but you also had Louisville, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Stanford, and Cincinnati. The run, this was last year. Last year, the top teams against the run, were Louisville, Michigan State, Rutgers, Cincinnati, Stanford, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech. You don't get to Alabama until you get to the ninth team. Now, you can't tell me that Louisville, Michigan State, Rutgers, Cincinnati, Stanford, all these teams have four- and five-star defensive talent at, the, at linebacker, at defensive line, and at safety because they don't. But they do have a plan of development. One thing that one thing that pisses me off, or maybe I said, is that you have teams like Michigan State, like Cincinnati, and like and like Rutgers 
who run the same all the same defense that made Miami successful. Michigan, I mean, Darduzzi and D'Antonio used the defensive philosophy of Tubbs and Wani. Rutgers, Greg Schiano. You know, it's the same defense that we used that made us successful. Cincinnati, Tubbs was up in Cincinnati. He's running that defense. It's the same defense that made us successful, but we're not running it. You know, I'm tired of Miami being the better, being the, 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 having the better athletes, you know, and we recruit the better athletes, but we're letting teams that we're better than be better than us because we're not, we're not developing our players and we're not putting them in position to succeed. But then you watch them. You watch Denzel Perriman. Why does Denzel go to the NFL and be an all-pro in the middle linebacker like John Beeson? John wasn't the greatest linebacker when he was at Miami. He wasn't all-conference. He was, he was good, but he wasn't all-conference. But he went to NFL, and he became one of the top middle linebackers in the game. Why does Denzel do that same thing? Because at Miami, we're not protecting Denzel. We're not letting him do what he needs to do. We're not letting him play down play downhill. We're not letting him read his keys. No, we're not protecting him. We're letting our line we're letting our linemen go man to man, hold their position, letting fullback whoever else hit Denzel, and then I don't know where our linebackers are because you know, they're probably covering they're probably covering um slot receivers or you got our corners playing ten yards off. And as soon as the ball snap, they're taking off and running into their zone instead of watching the keys. So, you know, you we have players. It's been mentioned we have players, but they're not being put in position to succeed. Tariq McCord could be a Vic Beasley. He could be a Vic Beasley, you know, or a top pass rusher, or all ACC type defensive end or pass rusher. But he's, he's not. He's got put the mindset. He doesn't have the body at this point. Vic Beasley right, is two thirty one. Big Beasley is six two two thirty one, and last year he leaves like what he had like twelve thirteen sacks last year. He's not bigger than McCord. Look at look look go look go look at the roster for Virginia Tech defensive end. They're two thirty and two forty. When we played Kansas State two years ago, their start defensive ends were two thirty eight and two forty. We couldn't do nothing against. Them. We couldn't run. We couldn't pass. And we had we had Shawshell Henderson at three hundred. And at fifty pounds, we had we had linemen three, four, three, fifty. We could do nothing against those dudes because it's not all about size. That's what Golden is trying to trying to make us think. If you look at the teams like Louisville and Michigan State and Rutgers and Cincinnati, even Stanford, they don't have big size on their defensive linemen. All right, well, I mean, you're making good points. That, and that's what we yeah. lack. That's why I don't. That's why I don't put it all on Donofrio. It's it's his problem, but I put it on Franklin too, because those two they're not they are the problem. They're not developing our players the way they should be developed. They're not putting them Donofrio. Well, you certainly have the ammunition for that argument. Fifteen guys yeah. right now are on this team at defensive line. They've been handpicked, every single one of them, and none of us none of them are impacting the football game. And uh, so you certainly have the ammunition to make your argument. All right, let me let you go. I'll let you get on. Yeah, go ahead. Keep me on hold. Yeah, give us a call. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you on hold. Give us a call next week. Um, great points. All right, we got a full board, so we're going to try to motor. Keep your points direct. Let's go out to the 732, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hi, Gary. Kane Promotion Township. You don't hey, sound too excited tonight. <laughs> but uh, I saw the article today's Kane Sport. I thought it was even though it was quite harsh, I thought you were very fair in your your analysis of the situation. 
and I don't want to dwell too much on the pass. Uh, the defense definitely was lacking. I didn't. You're not going to stop Abdullah. Nobody has. But the thing I didn't understand, uh, and I've seen it in the past, when you have a runner like that, you bring up probably a safety, and you try to cut off the outside and make turn him inside. They did. They had the lanes open all night long where he could go inside or outside. So you had to slow him down a little bit. You're not going to stop him. You look at his record, and that was self-evident. Now, fast forward to the future, the Duke game. I'm going to be honest with you. There's no choice. Miami must win this game. There's no excuse not to beat Duke. I'm sorry. Uh, Duke right now is a good football team, but we should be able to match up against uh, Duke. Certainly the offense should really overpower Duke. Duke did not have that kind of uh, defense, and certainly not in Nebraska's class. Now, offensively, you said you saw this uh, young freshman from Duke who looked like a promising runner, but, again, he hasn't done it against a very good team yet. That, that's yet. I'm, that's, I'm just reserving judgment. But at the okay, same you, time, Miami has to have their defense set where they can slow him down. Well, Miami it's wasn't a very good team on defense the other night either, Ken. That's the problem. You've got to slow these guys up. You don't have to have a perfect defense, but you have to. If a guy has speed to the outside, or they, you do not give them the outside. The same thing in basketball. You don't give teams the outside, but you got to cut them in, and you got to make them uh, go toward the middle. If you remember some of the Miami great teams, the middle linebacker didn't go chasing these guys. What they did is they turned the. The runner inside, and what happened? The middle linebacker makes the tackle. That's what their job is. So, yeah, uh, well, that didn't happen the other I, night. It did happen, and it, it better happen uh, with uh, in the Duke game. I uh, I came out. I said I I picked Miami to beat Duke. In fact, I thought Miami should have been a, would have been a seven point favorite. I think they said they're a five point favorite, whatever it whatever that is. But uh, again. Uh, you gotta, I got to take it easy. I've been around a long time, and I don't have too many highs. I don't have too many lows, but I have to take it. You're never as good as you think you are, and you're really never as bad as they think you are. But the question is, are we going to have an even keel and put ourselves in the middle? And that's what we have to do Saturday night. We've got to be put in the middle. Don't have to be too great, but it can't be that bad. And that's all I all have right, to Ken. say, so. Sounds okay, good, so man. Give us, give, us, time. give us give us a call next week. Surely. Thank you very much. All righty. Okay. Let's go out now to the um, 706, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How you doing, man? Great show. I just want to tell you about that, Gary. You just be on it, and I just want to appreciate you for allowing me to, to be back on the call. This is Sebastian from Columbus, Georgia. I called last week and predicted that Miami is going to take out Nebraska, and you can see I'm se- severely disappointed. But I wanted to make a couple of points real quick, and then I just want to go ahead and press on. First of all, the one positive I can see at the game is uh, James Coley has really, really grown as an offensive coordinator. What he's doing with Brad Kaya, I've been saying this all along. If Kane's fans could just be patient enough with him, I think this could be our Peyton Manning that we have. But he's not going to be real successful, and the team's not going to be successful if we don't fix the defense. Here's a couple of points I want to make. 
During the first quarter, we have Nebraska on the third and 13, and Artie Burns has a golden opportunity. We're up 14 to 7, I think it is, to get them off the field. This is the first time when we got him behind the sticks, and he's right there to make the play and do not do that. One of the very few times, they only threw the ball 13 times in the game, one of the very few times we have an opportunity to make a play, and we don't. To me, that comes down to coaching. I mean, our defensive backs are just not up to the part where they feel like they can challenge these wide receivers. I mean, Virginia Tech, when you play them, they play man-to-man, and they dare you to throw the ball. And they measure success by just you not catching the ball at all. And I can't seem to understand that. The other point that I want to make, too, is these are some alarming statistics that I really think needs to keep Al Golden up at night and Mark D'Onofrio. 70% on 30-down conversion. Think about that. Seven out of ten times, these guys are making a first down on the third down conversion. That is alarming. What Manny Navarro said the other day about how many teams have run for 200 yards or more in Al Golden's tenure, that is just flat out unsuccessful. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to comment on that, but this is my prediction. I think D'Onofrio is gone at the end of this year. I think there's probably going to be about three different defensive coaches that are going to be gone off the team. And the reason why I want to do that is because if Al Golden really, really cares about this program, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, wait a second, where am I progressing at and where am I not progressing at? I can see some progress on the offensive side. I can look at Brad Kai and I can see from game one at Louisville to game four in Nebraska how he was ready for the moment. He wasn't intimidated. He threw a bad pick like he threw in the Florida A&M by not throwing the ball more towards the sideline. But I can see some growth and I can see some development in some area there. I can see how we fixed the right side of the offensive line because our offensive line kind of held up. But we have to really take a real good hard look in the mirror and uh, see what we're going to do on the defensive side. I want you to comment on that, and I have one other thing I want to say. All right, well, I'll, I'll, as far as Brad Kaya, Miami ran 65 plays the other night. I would say Brad Kaya was rock solid on about 60 of them, which is off the charts uh, for, wow. for a young quarterback. And um, you're absolutely spot on in what you said about James Coley. He's doing an unbelievable job with this kid. Um, he had a bad night at Louisville. He owned it. He came back. He changed. And you see each week the offense is making incredible progression. And I thought they, other than the few mistakes the other night, they were pretty darn good. And they had, um, I believe it was four drives the, the length of the football field in that ball game with a freshman quarterback against a, a pretty decent Nebraska defense. And defense, yeah. Yeah, you got to give James Coley credit for that and Brad Kaya as well as the other kids around him because the offensive line, I thought, played a lot better also. Um, you were talked about the toughness of the cornerbacks a little bit. Totally agree with you there. And you mentioned Artie Burns. He's the toughest one of the bunch right now. And, and he, I know what play you were talking about, and he was horrible on that play. But for the most part in that ball game the other night, I thought Artie Burns played really tough. And really well, he's just got to clean up his technique. That was a, a cru- that bit. was a crucial. That was a crucial third down. We're up fourteen to seven, and have a chance to get him off the field. Yeah. We have him in third and long. And I told my son, I said, once they made that first, and I said, that's a touchdown. I said, that's just just so demoralizing. You cannot do that. I mean, you and 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 this is what I mean by that. You the way a game football game is won, you have to win every down. You don't know what down is going to be that's going to cause the game to turn a certain way. 
I'll give you a perfect example. We're behind 24 to 21. We just made an interception. We're driving down the field, and Duke fumbles the football. Now, I'm not going to pound on Duke because, I mean, he's really, really played hard. But you have to win every down. You never know what down is going to actually kind of change the, the direction of where the football is going to game. Think about it. If we're up in the second half on Nebraska, on the road, we take the lead, Duke don't fumble that football game, that's a totally different game, even though we gave up 300 yards. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. It was a big play. Just like the kickoff return at Louisville was a big play. But listen, in a football game, everything's not going perfect, okay? I, right. I, I mean, it's a very rare football game that everything goes perfect. You're going to have some hiccups along the way that you need to overcome. A kickoff return, a Duke fumble. Duke doesn't fumble more than once or twice a year. He got careless exactly. on that play and, and got out-muscled a little bit, and they, they literally stole the ball from him as he was going down. But you've got to be able to overcome those things. And the way you overcome them is by being solid in what you're doing. And they weren't exactly. solid in what they were doing in any way the other night. Okay, here's my last comment, then I'll let you go. You made a comment earlier on as far as the coaches on our staff are not really, real good recruiters. And when I take a look at the look at the last real shiny area for Miami football was in the, you know, Butch Davis towards his last couple of years and, and Larry Coker, is that we got some real, real good, solid defensive players on our football team. And what I can't seem to quite understand is – you know, we never adjusted in that second half how they were running the ball. I would have – I could have lived with another 40-yard touchdown like they burnt us on the first play if we challenged them to throw. But we never did that. And so what I can't seem to understand is, is it that lack of – is it, is, it is it that much lack of confidence in our secondary that we can't walk the safeties up to say, look, you're not going to run 200 yards on us? I mean, that has to be the barometer where we have to kind of go by that particular way. I just can't seem to understand why we can't walk a safety up so we just forces them to do something completely different. And I then yeah, this I, is my last thing. I'll let you go. I never thought I would say this, but we were gonna, we're going to lose to Duke. We're going to lose to Duke, and I'm going to tell you why we're going to lose to Duke. Everybody knows in order to beat Miami, just follow the same plan that's been beating us from week after week against team after team. We don't seem to know how to make an adjustment. We don't seem to know how to course correct. On the offensive side, I can see how we did that from Louisville from game one to game four, but we just have not done that on the defensive side. That's my final comment. Just kind of keep me on hold if you can just kind of respond to that. All right, great point. Um, the the only thing I do want to – uh, comment on was your comment about um, me saying that the coaches aren't good recruiters. Um, they are not competitive right now on the national level for the elite players in the country. They're doing a good job of recruiting in the league where they're operating, which is the next tier of kids. Um, you know, they're getting they're getting a lot of those kids they identify, like a Cortell Jenkins. Um, for example, a Trent Harris, but these aren't elite kids. These, these are, um, you, you know, there's an old saying that they call they call these players jags. You know, just the guy, and 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 obviously every team is made up of a lot of, you know, jags, just the guy. But you know, the, the, right now they're doing a great job of recruiting in the um, league that they're choosing to recruit in or that they're capable of recruiting in. But they are not doing a good job of getting in the mix with the elite players around the country, the difference makers that will come in and allow you to put a defense on the field that will 
perform much better than what they're doing right now. And and, and that's where they're falling a little bit short. All right, let's go out now to the um, the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? Johnny O from Burr Road. What's up, Johnny O? What you got for us? All right, you know how it's crazy that everybody's right. I haven't heard too many wrong opinions. You know, I mean, I, I, I haven't heard too many un- that I would say you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. No, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I was uh, you know debating against some Gators uh, this week, and um, I had to stay quiet on one, and I and I and I got him. I got back at another one because I had to remind them that Miami's five national championships, you know, should be six. And, you know, Florida State is just three championships, and Gators are just three. You know, we still are the best university in the state of Florida, you know? And, um, you know, then somebody said, Miami sucks. Miami football sucks. And you know what? For the first time in my life, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fight you. How true is that that Miami football sucks right now? No, oh, I don't think it sucks. I mean, I, you know, I think that's an overreaction. But you know, it, it are you better, kidding me? Right, Everybody right, in the you know. world thinks that the Hurricanes football sucks. I know, but it doesn't just, suck. You, you've got a lot of very good players on this team, okay? And and, but, and coaches, if coaches are underachieving, they can get their act together very quickly if they find the will and they find the way. And I think that. The anger and the frustration of this fan base has a chance to create a greater sense of urgency. Because no matter how much, as a football coach, you try to put a bubble around yourself and around the building and and, and sort of detach yourself from an outside world that's full of mania – you can't do that when it's to this degree, okay? When when you're getting embarrassed every time somebody turns on a television set and there's a national commentator um, disrespecting the job that you're doing or, you know, every, every time somebody in your family goes to a restaurant or a grocery store that that's what people are talking about. Um, you can't get away from it when it's this intense. Yeah, but if, they if I would have said, uh, we don't suck – and if they would say prove it, what what what, what was I going to say? Well, you know, it's a little early. It's a, you're four games into the season. You're two and two. You got the whole ACC schedule ahead of you. This could still be a very good season with an asterisk of still need to do oh, some things. Oh, amen, amen to, to that. Amen to that. It could still be a amen very good season, but it also could be a very bad season because there's not a great team in the coastal, but. Every single one of them is capable of putting a game plan together on a given week and and making yeah. you miserable. And it's going to yeah. be very interesting to see how this thing plays out here. No, over the next I, two I, I'm I'm one of the few that that literally has faith and believes in the best. And I and I I I think we can still go thirteen and two. Uh, we can still win the ACC, beat FSU twice, win out. That'll put us at thirteen and two, ranked in the top ten at least. There's not a team on the schedule that they can't beat, including Florida State, including Florida State. But they're going to have to do a much better job than they did on Saturday night. All right, Johnny O, anything else tonight? That's it, man. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm positive. You know, I, I just got flustered one time that I'm going to defend UM how I usually do, and I'm, I'm so upset about that, you know. But, you know, I'm, well, I'm hoping and praying. Hopefully they'll give you some ammunition this week. 
Amen. Amen. Right, Thank it, you, bro. Put me at home, man. You got it. Give us a call next week. All right, let's go out now to the 361, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is Shaq, man. Call from Corpus Christi. Hey, what's up, Shaq, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, um, um, I just want to talk to you about um, a, a comment that you made last week about Kaya, and, and you felt that he couldn't go into Nebraska and and win that game. And um and Whoa, 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 I didn't say that. I'm a Kaya. I'm like I'm blown away by Kaya. Okay, well, you know, Nobody uh, else Ed, I, said a, it. I didn't say that. Okay, well, well, as I was saying that Kaya is a stud. This kid, you know, it, you know, I like how everybody's talking about, you know, the fact that a lot of things went wrong, you know, and um he he threw an interception or two. But this kid has it. He 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 absolutely has it. And the everything else about the team, honestly, I've been disappointed about a lot of stuff. But after this loss, I really wasn't that disappointed. You know, because, you know, I saw a lot of positives. It needs to be some adjustments on the defense as far as the scheme, which I think after all of this uprising, all, all of the yelling, all of the uh, – the, the comments about Golden and his staff that he's going to be forced. He's at the precipice now to where he is going to have to make the change. And this Duke game is pivotal for him. If you know, you know, I keep hearing you saying and and reading on Kane's board in the Herald how close of friends that he and Coach D is. Well, if they're that close of friends, he wants to save this guy. He has to get him to change his philosophy. I'm not sure if it's Coach D's philosophy or if it's Golden's philosophy. But if that's my best friend and I want to save him, I would say that we have to change some things. Wouldn't you? Oh, there's no question they have to change some things. Okay, you know. I mean, so, that's so, not even, we, don't even need, we don't need to talk about that for more than five seconds. I mean, they clearly need to change some things. And, 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 and so I'm, I'm really – optimistic about what can happen this year. You know, but you know, but but I think it's one game at a time. I think it's Duke and I think that that defense has to make some change. I think that the athletes need to be athletes, stop being hesitant and 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 put people in the box and play Miami football. And if they do that, I don't see Miami losing another game. I don't see Florida State beating us, you know, not Kaya is going to be unstoppable about the time that Florida State game comes around. With these weapons and how Coley has matured in, in what in four games, I, I, it it has been remarkable what you saw at Louisville to Nebraska. I mean, I'm highly impressed. So you know, I'm optimistic about what the future holds. I hope that Golden, you know, will stop being stubborn and make these changes. And 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 I, I don't see us losing another game based on what I saw in Nebraska. You know, it was a 10-point game. People are forgetting that. And that Duke fumble, even though, you know, we gave up all of those yards on the ground, that Duke fumble changed that game. You oh, know, totally changed the game. That doesn't that excuse was anything a fumble that went on on the defense. Same thing as the pick six it, was yeah. a fumble six. You know, that changed that game. You know, you oh, know. Absolutely. It, if, if that didn't happen – you know, I'm, I'm not trying to forecast, but I think that we would have won that game. You know, well, I, I don't really... know about that. 
no, I'm not going to say that because I, I'm not going to agree with you there because Nebraska could do anything they wanted and they were going to be able to do anything they needed to do. So I don't think yeah, any but way, then, no Nebraska would have been playing from a deficit and it was already, you know, in the third quarter. That changes things. All that running and, and whatever, Miami was driving the ball down the field easily. We were scoring easily. And, and, and that turnover – you weren't winning that game the way that defense was playing. Okay, Nebraska could do whatever they wanted to, and they were going to be able to do whatever they needed to. Okay, but you're right. It can get better very quickly, and your optimism is awesome, and it, it obviously would be great if this football team regroups and comes out and wins the rest of its games, uh, but something is going to have to change from what they did on Saturday night on defense. All right, Gary. Hey, thanks, man. I, um, I'm going to call in next week. Hey, keep me on hold. You got it, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Um, the full board continues. Let's go out now to the 770, where you're now live on Team Sport Live. Hello? Yep, you're on the air. Hey, this is Stephen. Hey, what's up, Stephen? How are you? Good. I'm good. You're not it's on a great team. Of- go ahead. Yeah, you hear me now? I'm in my truck driving. I'm All right, go ahead. We'll hear you. Disappointed again. Hey, um, I was listening and you were saying that um, that don't 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 call in and criticize the coaches and no no, no I said don't did. call in and say fire the coaches. Well, that's a waste of All right. our time. I want that. I, mean, I want We've got that. a full board. I'm trying to get as many people I, on tonight as possible. It's a waste of our time to talk about coaches getting yeah. fired because nobody's getting fired. Certainly not right well, now. Uh, so, uh, well, okay, we'll talk, we'll, that's another discussion. Well, let's talk about the job they're doing. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think Brandon Shannon was coaching this team the last four years when people be talking about, don't talk about fire the coaches? Because I listen to WQAM, and this guy seems to be getting a lot of, they get a lot of slag and his love for his um, friend Dinapio. You know, and that's bigger than our program. And as you said, that, that day when Randy lost against Virginia was the darkest day in um, the university history, I beg to differ. I think this, today is the darkest day, and every day these people are there, it gets darker. You know, it, it, it's like gloom and doom every Saturday when well, we got a good opponent. Steve, let's, Saturday, Steve, let's circle back. Steve, let's circle back for a minute to the last days of Randy Shannon, okay? Uh-huh. And it had gotten pretty bad, okay? And 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 Randy Shannon in his final days, I think, was in a similar spot to where Al Golden might be right now. Um, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. And and Randy Shannon, had he not been fired, was and and I know this for a fact, was getting ready to remake his coaching staff, okay? Um, and in, there were at least four members of that staff that were going to get replaced after that game against South Florida when Randy got fired. And, you know, coaches very rarely when they get their staff perfect coming right out of the gate, there's always adjustments that need to be made. And, and Steve, you know, I can, we don't have time to go into it right now, but I have a chart here on my desk because I know I'm going to have to write about this at some point. And I've charted every single coaching tenure 
at the University of Miami, going back to Howard Schnellenberger and all the different coaching changes and adjustments that they had to make before they got their coaching staff right and the program ready to win championships. And I think that's where Al Golden is. I mean, I don't think he's hey, in the spot right now, I, I, and I asked to make adjustments. He had every reason to make them after last season. He chose not to, and he's gonna. He's living with that decision right now. And I, you know, he but he better I find you, I got to to get this defense to perform better. I got you, but uh, it's like when I sit here and hear you keep talking about we don't have the playmakers on defense, we don't have a playmaker at linebacker. Denzel Perryman and that kid from Georgia, from Stevenson High School, those kids came out. They could have went anywhere and probably been studs right now. The same thing with Stacey Cooley. How many passes did he catch in that game? How many passes did Philip Dorsett catch in that game? Because of our, you know, design, our, the schemes, we don't know how to get our players open consistently like I watch other teams use their playmakers and, and design a game plan for their team to be successful. That has nothing to do Steve, I, they're, with these they're gonna get there. on our team. Hey, Steve, uh, Steve, they're going to they're gonna get They're going to get there, Steve. You, you can't, Jerry, Jerry, you can't, can't look, I, look at, wait, Steve, listen to me for a minute. Look at the progression. You can't knock this offense right now. Look at the progression that they made from Louisville to Nebraska. And look at what they're doing to the freshman quarterback, Steve. I mean, the, you can't expect the kid to do everything in three weeks, okay? Every look, week, look, look, they're going to get to the point where they're throwing Jerry, the ball down the field to Stacey Coley. They will. Gary, Gary, I'm, look, I ain't talking about Brad. I'm talking about the system, because like you say, he had a good game against Nebraska. I don't even count FAMU and Arkansas State as anything as that's like a whiteout. I whited that out on the schedule. I took nothing from that. So I'm going to judge that offense as we go forward, because if history proves anything, they have been inconsistent. We saw that last year with Morris where he had a lot of big games, piled up a lot of numbers, but when we needed offense, we come out with three points, ten points. Now, if they can do that for the rest of the year and then the defense can catch up with them, then I will pat Cooley on the back. But hold the phone on this offense is way better. Let's hold the phone right there. Stop it. Let's All right, go back fair enough. to these players. Let's go back with these players, and they not been good enough. A lot of these players come out four-star, especially our offensive line, Gary. We get some of the best offensive linemen every year. But the, what we're teaching them, they're just not tough. The defensive Steve, line standing up. Steve, you're just ahead. not right. You know, and, and you're one of my favorite callers every week, but you're just not right right now, man. I mean, that offensive All line right. played their butts. They played their butts off the they other did. night. They did good. I'm just saying, like, I, I give them credit for that game. But yeah, and, 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 and they're getting, the tough. They're getting tougher. They, they were garbage at Louisville, but, I mean, they're getting tougher. That's, they executed better. They protected the quarterback better. I mean, they had a couple breakdowns, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you're, you're I seeing just, progression on offense. Gary, everywhere. I think I want to see consistency from them. Okay, like, that was the, good. You know, they, they did good against Nebraska. Now, let's not come out against Duke and they look like they did against Louisville. That, that's give what them the history chance. has let's been with them. But, but with our defense, Gary, it's been the same old thing. Our corners can't rotate their hips. They don't know how to, you know, it's, it's just, 
I, I guess, you know, but anyway, I'm going to let somebody else get on. I'm going to just say this, and I'm going to put me on hold because I've been listening since the beginning, since you came on like three minutes before you got on the air. Um, those, what's that guy name who was getting the plane together? <laughs> Danny Alvarez or Danny Gaspar? I think he, I think he warmed him up doing some test runs. Yeah, he's got him. He's got him fueling the plane. Doubt about it. We ain't gonna make him park in that way. Got, they still got about what six six weeks or so before Florida State. Seven weeks. So, uh, there, there's there's still time. There's still time to drain the tank. Oh All right, my God! Steve, we'll talk to hey, good night, man. Thanks for letting me talk here. Appreciate it. All right, Steve. All right, let's go out now to the uh, seven eight six where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, Gary? Good. Who's this? It's Cree. This I, I called last week, and I was like, just like I said, the Kings, they 0-2. Bam, you and Arkansas State don't count. I mean, incompetence is incompetence. Let's call it how we see it. I know you got to call it a different way, uh, Gary, being that you're on the radio or whatever the case may be. I don't they have to go about, No, they, 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 they talk about uh, – Y'all talk about no playmakers or this and that with the four or five star recruits. Chicolo, four or five star recruit, Vision for Line. Perriman, four or five star recruit, linebacker. Howard, five star recruit, cornerback. Bush, four or five star recruit. Come on, man. Let's 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 be real with it, man. I mean, incompetence is incompetence. I mean Where's the application for me to stand up for defensive coordinator? Because how easy would it have been to go to a five-two, a four-four, at least match up? Come on, man, three-three-four every week, week in, week out, and then Al Golden. Every week it's the same thing. Every week, if everything starts with the head coach, where where is it at? From tackling to play calling to this, that, and the other, all boils down to coaching which is something we all know we don't have. Don't seem like we don't get no time zone. Just like I said last week, Gary, you said no talking of the firing, right? But it's like it's like I said last week, if we lost in Nebraska, the whole staff should go, even Shalala. Not a 15, but a 14. Um, look, Duval, if you're listening to me, you took my word, resignation. I'm going to just use another word, Gary. Shall we say, can we please have a dismissal? So <laughs> right, we please have a dismissal. It, it's just like Gary. Just like I said, you could be the head coach. I'll be the D coordinator. I promise you, Gary. We 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 can't do no worse. And then one more thing, Gary. It's like I hear people talking about the no defensive line, defensive line. Chad Thomas, Jelani Hamilton, Earl Moore, Corey King. The list goes on and on. If we have fifteen D linemen, let them play. I mean, one can't be no worse than us. Because if you running down my throat. On my first string, why not put my second string? Now, why not put they the did that? <laughs> they put everybody I mean, out there. That, yeah, probably, substitution, it, it, substitutions are not an issue. <laughs> They're always substituting. It, they, it, to it, me, it, they right. over substitute. Why are true freshmen on the field in the first quarter? Why is Trent Harris out there getting blown up at, at Nebraska? You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It, 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 like this, this, this ridiculous. Like I heard the guy say, he he was having a city pushing dents in his couch. In '86, from the Penn State game, don't feel bad, buddy. I was like 14. I, I felt sad too. Look, I'm I'm used to going to the Howard Snellenberger game. Jim Kelly with Joe Park against Penn State, things of that nature. When you was the you, 
I mean, I, I really don't. I just, I mean, this is ridiculous, Jerry. Like point blank, period. This here is like ridiculous. And then the, the sad part about it, you have coaches, not one, not the head coach, but the head coach on down. You seen it's just like everybody's stubborn. Everybody's stubborn. And my take on one thing is, to be honest with you, Gary, just like reading and looking through the lines, Michael Barrow probably didn't retire because his mother was sick. I mean, let's just, you know, sometimes you got to read through the lines and don't read everything that's in the paper because it's not true. He probably retired because he saw this coming. And you have stubborn coaches. It's like, how can you win? Your philosophy is the right way. Well, if your philosophy was the right way, you'll be winning. And then look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban don't care whether you like him or not. And his, how he treats his family and his kids really is nobody's business. That's his personal life. I got Nick Saban to coach football. That's what Nick Saban do at Alabama. You don't hear Nick Saban rumors and chat about him and his family. You hear how good a coach Nick Saban is, the recruiter he is. I don't know what to do. I'm about to lose my mind. Really All right, don't lose, don't lose your mind. Let me get some other people on now. Give us a call next week, and we'll uh, we'll give you some more therapy and see if we can get that mind straight. One, one more thing, one more thing, Gary. Number 76, Taylor Godboy, whatever your name is, dude, do you love you. You, you were in plenty fans Saturday night, my brother. Trust me he, on that. He was. He stepped up. That's All right, hey, thank, thanks for being part of the show. For sure, Gary. All right, let's go out now to the uh, 954, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Vin Dog. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Vin Dog? What's happening? I'm calling from the West End Zone tonight, where all the real players are at, all, all the hardcore fans are at. I want to talk <laughs> about the fans. We'll see Saturday. I don't want to talk about the coaches. Well, we talk enough about them. I don't want to talk about the players. We talk enough about them. I want to talk about the fans. We got this big gap fans, the ones who still see no wrong, and the ones who know, who know it's wrong. I'm talking about the fools like Cobbler Ridge Laz, Bomb is a Douche, Niner the Slant-Eyed Whiner. I'm talking about guys like Danny Boy, Purr for Life, that still don't know that we got problems in Coral Gables. Now, the West End Zone we got real people over there, like Duvall. Duvall repping the West End Zone all night. You heard him. He needs to be your guest host. You need to make Duvall your guest host. Mitch from Dade County. Those are real. You want to know who's real? The realest nigga lied poops. The man ain't never lied. He ain't never lied once in his life. I'm telling you straight up. Wait, did you say he calls himself poop? He is a poops, and he is the realest nigga alive. And I'm telling you straight up, he won't ever lie. This man don't ever lie. Who calls we himself Poop? We got Danny the Vasquez, the banner. I mean, the banner man. You talked to him last week. Danny's Danny's one that's trying to get the movement going. And he's right. These guys are right. I'm telling you. I'm trying to talk to all the fans out there who might still be on the fence. Get off the fence. Join the West End Zone. Get real. It's time we murk these fools. And that's all I got to say. Uh, please don't put me on hold. Thank you. Well, I'll say this. If the students don't turn out better this Saturday than they did in the Arkansas State game, there'll, there'll be plenty of room for everybody in the stadium who wants to go sit in the West End Zone. Um, UM students need to show up a little better this weekend. Anyway, thanks for being part of the show and giving shout-outs 
to all your boys. Um, let's go out now to the 954, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Scott. I, uh, hey, I what's up, Scott? What, what you mentioned got? a few times. Not much. Just the uh, same old, you know, I've been on hold for quite some time and uh, hearing out what everyone's saying. The two things that get me, I can go back to the Duke game last year, is everything we do, it's the same alignments on defense, no matter who we're playing. Against Duke last year, they had the same quarterback they bring in outside that kid, Boone, and they, they're on the three-yard line, they're on the two-yard line. They run the little quarterback power. We have four down linemen and two linebackers standing in the middle of the U and the K in the end zone. No chance to make a play on the kid. Now this year, we have a 3-4 line against Louisville. They spread us out, three wides, one tight end, one running back. Tyreek McCord's covering Eli Rogers. Sometimes down the field, sometimes he's in his own, which is fine. In a 3-4, that's what you do. However, Tyreek McCord is the best pass rusher on the team. We may not have a great one. He's a decent one. He made plays against Florida. He's made plays against Virginia Tech his freshman year. He's shown the ability to do it. He can't have the ability to make five, eight, ten sacks a year if he's in coverage 50% of the game. I mean, Vic Beasley's got his hand in the dirt 95% of the game. Elvis Dumerville had his hand in the dirt 95, 100% of the game. Tyreek McCord has his hand in the dirt 50% of the game, if that. And then if he's not on there, he's on the line, he's in that stupid little, like, half two-point, half three-point stance, you know, bent over at the hips, not ready to take on the blocker. We play the power running team. Why not line up a 4-3, put Kamalu at left end, Herzlu at nose tackle, uh, Pierre at three technique, and Chicolo at right defensive end? Now you have at least a chance. But like you stated accurately, Trent Harris is playing in a down position, weighing all of 235 pounds against the corner oh, he, Nebraska boy he, that's been in the program. He was, for, he was you know, getting annihilated the other night. I mean, it was, exactly. it's, just, it's, just, it's just senseless. So that's what I'm saying. And against Duke last year, having two linebackers, and they were literally, you remember it, two, three yards in the end zone, not after the first time they ran it, the second time. And the third time, the same kid scored a touchdown. Denzel Perriman is standing on the U in the Duke end zone. Just standing. I mean, these kids don't have a chance to make a play. The cornerbacks are there. A lot of times in coverage, they're there. They don't play the ball, either not being taught to play the ball or as Artie Burns, who could have gone their to Alabama technique, at LSU. It's the terrible. technique is horrific, okay? It's, it's horrific. horrific. I have a friend who is a scout for the 49ers. I played college football myself. I GA'd one year at USF under Jim Levitt. Pretty good defensive mind. Wally Burns was a D coordinator, ex-linebackers coach at Florida State. These guys have seen plenty of football in their life. I mean, I know what I'm looking at when I watch TV. Artie Burns could have gone wherever he wanted in the country. Tracy Howard, Dion Bush, Jamal Carter, Tyreek McCord, AQ on when he comes back, uh, Denzel, Raphael Kirby, as the gentleman last dated from Georgia Stevenson High School, Jermaine Grace. I mean, these are kids that have been in the program now. Tyreek could have gone wherever he wanted to go. Uh, Chicolo could have gone wherever he wanted to go. Chicolo came in at 235, 240. He's 280. They've turned him into a, a five technique. I mean, the 3-4 is great, but you can't take kids that are making plays like that and turn them into a 5 technique. Chad Thomas will be 280 next year. He's going to be the same thing. You're expecting these kids, and I'll use the Pittsburgh Steelers, the best-known 3-4 team in all of football, before this last group this last group that just retired. But do you remember the defensive line? It was Aaron Smith. Did you ever hear his name much? No, but he just clogged the middle. They had the personnel to do it. You had Casey Hampton in nose tackle. He kind of just stood there. He weighed 330 pounds. 
he did his job. Brent Kiesel. These are guys for the Steelers that you don't hear much of, but they have the linebacker play. They draft the linebacker play to suit the system. We're recruiting guys to pass rush. We're recruiting guys to make plays. You put Denzel Perriman in the draft this year, he will be the first or second inside linebacker drafted. James Burgess makes a million times more plays than Denzel Perriman makes. Why? Because he's in the system to make plays. Denzel Perriman plays at Louisville, he'd be a top 20 pick. Denzel Perriman played for Charlie Strong, he'd be a top 20 pick. You cannot tell me that there's not enough talent on this team because I hear you talk, and I agree with you sometimes. The first year or two of Golden, you had to give it a chance. But right now, there are plenty of talent on this team. And the rotating offensive linemen, they don't do it this year, come a long way in four games. Louisville stacked the line eight and nine at a time. What did we have? A true freshman quarterback. They wanted to take Duke Johnson away, our best player, our chance to beat Louisville. They did it successfully. I wouldn't blame the whole game on the offensive line. Yes, they weren't great. But I think they weren't given a chance to succeed either because what were you doing in the passing game downfield? We were throwing bubble screens to Coley all game and having little 180-pound Braxton Berrios cut block for him out on the outside. Herb Waters didn't even see the field. He's our biggest receiver until the fourth quarter. I mean, right, but, but like in fairness, as bad as the offense was at Louisville, they, they, they corrected their problems. And they're I not all the way there I, yet. They, they need to get Stacey Coley and Philip Dorsett more involved. I think that'll come as Kaya continues to progress. But that game I, plan the other night was spectacular. Gary, I agree. This was the best game plan I've seen in probably two or three years of watching the Hurricanes. I mean, James Coley in 16 games as Miami Hurricanes offense coordinator has established an identity. The defensive side of the football in what, 41, 42 games now they've played has not established an identity. I don't know what the hell we're running. I and mean, there are kids on the team that will get drafted in the NFL playing defense and succeed in the NFL. And you give – it's just mind-boggling watching the other night how – I compared to the Louisville game. I'll let you go because I know you want to make quick points. Yeah, we went three four against Louisville and Katrino, and he took the advantage of us in that defense in the passing game. And now against Nebraska, they were bringing out three wide, one back, one tight end. We're in a stinking three four. We flex McCord or Armbrister out on the slot, and what are we left with? We're left with a five man box, and they exploit us in the running game. I mean, we do not. We just let teams dictate to us. Teams can do whatever they want. We think Anthony Ciccolo and Trent Harris are interchangeable at the right defensive end position. We think Kamalu and McCord are interchangeable at the left defensive end position. And that is not the case. And these guys I mean, just well, – you know, we're, we're, we're talking bonkers. about the running game. You know, Nebraska only threw the ball 13 times the other night. They completed nine of the 13. So why was and, McCord and, and Trent Harris even on the field standing there on the line of scrimmage? Where was Kamalu and Ciccolo and Jenkins and Herschel? The whole – the whole and thing's a mess. Pierre, why don't you have a, why don't you have those guys just rotate for this game? You know, put run them. Put Listen, you can make a list of a hundred things. A hundred things. Is it not? I mean, we I sit here all night making lists of what they should do differently. So and it goes back just, to the whole reason. One more point I'll make. I mean, I saw the same thing. You know, Kansas State did us in year two, and you can't make assumptions. And then you know, you look at Sean Trail's situation. I know he was a knucklehead. The Bills GM comes out the other day and basically admitted he's a better player than Quanjo in the article quoted on SB Nation. I mean, John these guys just doing a great job up there. He's doing a great job. And he, he was a knucklehead, and he has some unfortunate instances. I mean, you come back from back surgery, you have a family member die and a best friend die all within about a month and a half. I mean, you got to feel for the kid. I mean, yeah, he was he probably had some he was, probably had some problems going on in his head. But that's just one situation where, yes, hopefully they've corrected the O-line rotation, but – now, I mean, the defense just with Cole. I mean, Coley's come in 
looks like he's established an offense. Finally, he's got his guy quarterback. Morris may not have been his guy. Morris probably took too many chances downfield. Didn't see the field great. You know, made the best best of it last year. Coley's got his guy quarterback now. Hopefully that continues to progress. I at least have faith that it will. The defense, there's there's no hope, Gary. I mean, it's been four years of the same nonsense every game. How do you, you – I mean, you go into a game, you're giving up 40 points to Virginia. You're giving up 40 points to Duke. You're giving up 40 points to Nebraska. Let me – I don't want to cut you off, but you're getting long-winded on us now. But you made some great. You made some great. You made some great points, and you know, obviously, things are going to have to be different Saturday, or we're going to, we're going to be sitting here next Tuesday night doing the same thing on steroids. I'll be back. You got to call. All right, me man. Thanks hold. for being part of the Keep show. Yeah. Thank you. Right. You got it. Bye bye. All right, let's go out now to the eight one three, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. This is Andre from Tampa. What's up, Andre? Hey, look, what you got? Uh, hey, man. You know. Uh, you know, I, I know you say we don't even ask for the coach to be fired. Eddie. I'm not going to do that tonight. I, I wanted to before you came on air, uh, you know. But uh, I, I want you to I want to read something to you, you know. Something from D'Onofrio. He said, it came down to execution and trusting in your training. And then he came and said, I can promise you every one of them is desired to do that. We wouldn't want to change that if that was designed. We got to get the players to execute better. He said we must trust our training. I'm trying to figure out what are they training on. I'm trying to figure out what is the defense training on. I mean, can somebody at least tell me what? Can't answer that question except for the fact that whatever they're training on, it's all breaking down when they play anybody that's any good. Okay, they can hold up against FAMU and Arkansas State, but when they play anybody that's any good, it's all breaking down. And, and Gary, I think what we're going to have to do is we may have to change conference. I, I think if we go keep – Change conferences? Uh, Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah there's I mean, well, there's I, one team I, 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 in the ACC ranked in the top 25 right now. Why would you want to change be- conferences? Did you think the, the fact that you're getting ready to play in the ACC for the next eight weeks is is the the, the shining light in the horizon right now? Only reason, Garrett, Garrett, only reason Golden might uh, win against teams in his conference, he got to change. He got to. He might go to the AA league or something like that. When we played uh, Louisiana Lafayette, I think. He just don't know. Oh, hey, you better be careful because let me tell you something. One of the first things I said to Blake James the other night after that game is when I, I happened to be walking next to him, um, I said, Blake, don't stop scheduling these games because you know what? That's the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, geez, you know, now it's going to be how can we dumb down the football program to, 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 to win games so that the fan base isn't going crazy. And trust me, they're hearing right now from all their boosters and ticket holders and people that donate money. I mean, if you're Blake James and, and Jesse and, and those guys in fundraising and stuff, you are going out of your mind right now because everybody's on their butts, okay? And and, and, the, and last, the, the worst thing that could happen to this program right now would be for them to sit there and dumb down the future schedules because they're losing right now every time they play Notre Dame or Nebraska or Kansas State or, you know, and, and start playing Arkansas State's and FIU's every week, 
um, when they're at a conference. That's the that only would be the way worst thing. Golden, that's the only way. If we go keep going, that's the only way we go win. That's the only way we go win. He got to play the fair muse, the uh, the Arkansas State. No, absolutely. will destroy the program. They they do I, that I to destroy the program. I, I love my man. I, I can tell you what. You talk to anybody. I love Miami. I'm like, I don't want that. But I'm just saying, Gary, uh, Gary, his mindset, Golden mindset is not about, to me, I'm just going to be honest. I think he's trying to destroy the program. There's no way, no way that you know your team, your, this is your team. These guys trust you. They're putting everything out there, and you go sit there, look at them, and say, we go, it's y'all fault. Gary. We got top players. I, we got top players on that team. Right, I, let me don't stop. Have you no don't have stroke. top players. You've got you've got some good players. Most of them on the offensive side of the ball. You do not have top elite players, uh, uh, other than a because couple on offense. Golden is destroying them. He just he destroying good players. I might say they. I'm, my top players like when I can see. I'm not saying they're like okay, maybe. Top players to me is there are good players that can go. I mean, uh, Chicolo, I've been saying it for the last couple of years. He just slow. They put too much weight on him. He just he just can't move no more. He's trying his best. He's putting everything he got because he loved Miami. These players that Miami got now just love Miami. Nothing else. And Golden is destroying him. He's destroying. And, and for me, Golden at the end of the year, he go quit himself. I think he go quit. That's my opinion. Golden go quit. He's not gonna quit because he's getting paid two and a half million dollars a year, and nobody walks away from ten million dollars. All right, listen, let me let you Golden, go. I want to try to get some okay. other people on. All right, all right. Nice thank yeah, thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. Okay. All right, let's go out now to the um, the five hundred one where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is Alex, man, up here in Arkansas. Hey, what's going on, Alex? Hey, man, listen, I got a couple of points. Uh, I want to call out uh, one guy over on the offensive side, man. I really love what Coley has done to turn around and Kaya. And, uh, but I want to call out Clive Walker for night fighting for that ball, man, when it was uh interception. And he had and a good game for the most part, but that was horrific, okay? And that's why this team loses. You cannot have effort I, like that. I, I notice after every game and all during the week in practice, he claims he wants to be Kaya's go-to guy in his safety valve. Well, man, you got to fight for the ball and pick it up because every throw is not going to be perfect. So I want to call him out on that. Now, I, I agree with everybody on scheme and everything that we've talked about all night. But let me tell you, my point of view from watching it from home, I didn't see a lot of guys wanting to put their head on Abdullah. I saw a lot of guys arm tackling and a lot of Ole. That's what I saw. The scheme was jacked up, granted, but I didn't see a lot of people in a rush to put helmet on Abdullah because he looked like he kind of put together pretty good. Now, anybody that's been around football, if you're facing a team that's going to be running the ball and got a really good running back, you want to get him before he gets started and not give him a chance to get going. 
it's a whole lot easier to tackle him in the backfield than it is after he get down the field and into the second level of your defense. That's my another point. Now, earlier, there's a guy called that said about the fans. You weren't now. I know Kane's fans are all over the country, and I'm here in Little Rock, Arkansas. I want to come to a Miami game really bad, man, and I thought about going. But listen, Gary, I'm I'm a normal, everyday working guy. I'd be mad as hell if I spend my money to come watch that game live, and then we down there look like we ain't even trying to put our guys in the best position to win. I'm going to be trying to get on the field and whoop our golden ass. <laughs> that's that's me right there. I, I mean, yeah. I, I couldn't take it, man. It's hard for me. I sit in front of the TV. My eyes are watering because I love Miami, and I love what we used to be. We used to set the tone for football, and now people are making fun of us, and that just kills me, man, as a Miami Hurricane fan. Well, you you have a lot so, of company this week. So I appreciate your therapy session. I'm going to call back next week and try to get some more therapy, but hopefully we'll handle business and these guys will try to go ahead and start paying attention to what's really going on. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Keep me on hold, man, for these last few minutes. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you next week. You got it. All right, let's go out now to the uh, 210, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going one. Uh, do you mean two? You mean two hundred two? Yeah. How you uh, doing? This is Alex from San Antonio. Hey, what's up, Alex? How you doing? Listen, I, I wanted to. I, I know you know the stats. McNeese State has a lot of impact players. We know that because they held Abdullah to sixty-seven yards on seventeen carries. I know they have a lot of impact players there, but I don't buy it, uh, Gary. And you know what? Uh, the other. Defensive powerhouse Fresno State held Abdullah to 110 yards the week before that. Uh, you know yeah. when Jimmy when Jimmy there Johnson was no used resistance. To coach, I mean there, yeah, there was no you, resistance. Let, let me give maybe you can give uh, Old Enough a little tip. When Jimmy Johnson used to be the coach of the Hurricanes, sometimes his teams would be gashed by power running football teams like Michigan. And you know what Jimmy Johnson would do? He'd take out a safety, he'd bring a defensive tackle in and put him over the nose tar, uh, over the center. There'd be five defensive linemen, three linebackers. He'd say, come on, try and run now, baby. Come on, come on, get it. And you know what? It, they wouldn't run anymore after that. Maybe they could pass. Maybe they would beat him on the pass. That might be something that Alfred might want to uh, look into. Let me ask you something, Gary. Are the assistant coaches, are they on a year-to-year basis? Uh, yeah. Or do, do, for the, do they, they I mean, sometimes they'll have two-year contracts. Sometimes they'll give them you, multi-year contracts. But, you know, you, especially you like know, maybe the, the coordinators. But for the most part, I think they're year-to-year. Do you know if D'Onofrio has a long-term contract? No idea. Okay. You know, maybe Blake James could just not renew his contract and hire somebody else. I mean, I think Golden I think, is, I think, is... You know, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. That's an, that's an end-of-year discussion. That, I mean, there's, no, there's no point in getting into that tonight. That's an end-of-the-year discussion. There's no point in even getting into that right now. Well, I don't All think right. anything is going to change. Uh, I, I'm afraid we're, we're in for a tough year. I mean, I, I really do. If, well, if the offer has shown anything, inability to change. I mean, if he's shown anything, 
I think that's the one. He he just doesn't change from the Maryland I, game. If it stays with, the way with, it was the other night, I, I don't even know what you know what to say. I mean, I don't know. I just it, even, it, it, you, it won't, it won't them, be safe to be at the stadium. I mean, it, it, it's going to get insane in this town. I mean, if it stays the way it was the other night. But you remember the first game he coached, the Maryland game? You remember the bubble screens? And there was never any adjustment to the bubble screens. We got bubble screen to death. They, they beat us with the bubble screen. And he yep. never changed. And and here he is, what, 30-some games later, he's not changing. There's this guy's no a done deal. No advancement. I agree. But I, and it, I, I it, mean, it, it, I, Like I said, I really like Mark. I mean, Mark is a really good guy. But, I mean, that was the worst – Defensive scheme, the coordinated game. I think I have ever seen. There was just no resistance. You know, what do you think about bringing on Ed Orgeron over here? Sign him up, make him assistant head coach. I'm not going to replace coach. (laughs) You know, come on, you're getting out there now. Let me let some other people get on tonight. But you you know, you obviously appreciate this. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, some of those topics I think just got to wait till the end of the year. Let's go out now to the um, the seven three two where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Gary Furman. Yes, sir. It's Raging Wolf from the WEZ. All right, first of all, man, you got people on here for like 10 minutes, all right? We need to relax with that. It's not a woman's talk show. We're not here to oh, talk I'm about Oh, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. You, I, I, I know. I understand. Trust me. I'm trying to get as I many swear, people. I swear, man. It's like that chair you turn to in the women or whatever. All right, I, I'm a good storyteller. So let me tell you a story. Once right, upon tell a time, it quick. All right. There was a guy named George Washington, right? You know George Washington. He never lied. All right. There's only one other person in the history of the world that has never lied along with George Washington. His name is the Poop, and he's the realest dude. He's never lied. Secondly, Oops. the big problem that what? I haven't heard I'm tonight gonna... is it's the administration. They've muted this program. They cut the balls off of the Miami Hurricanes, that's the problem. Every hire, the last three, are absolute garbage. And it is what it is. Everyone wants Golden's head, but he he deserves to be fired. What's going to happen when he is? Are we going to hire another another no-name coach from the MAC, from the Sun Belt, a defensive coordinator that doesn't know what he's doing? I mean, that's the way I see it. I'll let you go. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Thanks for calling. All right, let's go out now to the 330, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how's it going? This is Tim. Hey, what's up, Tim? Hey, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I was just saying that I really like what uh, Coley has done with the offense. And, you know, Coley's born and raised in Miami, so he knows, you know, what a championship-style offense looks like. And also working up there at Florida State, you got Kehoe, who, uh, you know, sometimes that offensive line is shaky, but he stepped it up in a big game. You know, and you got you got uh, D'Onofrio over there on defense, and Golden basically, you know, has him like a puppet, and he's pulling all the strings and, 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 and basically telling him what to run every week. I mean, this is all on Golden, big time. Well, you don't know that. You don't know that. Oh, yeah. Nobody I, knows no, what, what's going on behind closed doors with, with those coaches. Okay, let's not Golden, misrepresent. Golden is a defensive coordinator from Virginia. Yeah, but we don't know if he's not, dictating, not dictating, delegating. You know, no, but we don't know that. Golden, if that the way that defense has been playing, Golden, and, and uh, if he's going to let Mark D'Onofrio for the number of years that he's been running that defense continue to do that, then Golden 
need to be fired. If you're a decent Randy Shannon or any type of what kind of business? What kind of business are you in? I'm in sales. Okay. Um, Let's say you owned your company. Okay. And let's say you hired one of your closest friends and confidants to be your right hand guy in that company. Okay. And let's say you're in this thing together and the sales of the company are plummeting. Are you throwing your friend out on the street? No, I'm not throwing them out on the street, but I am pulling them to the side saying, hey, you know, I got this damn business started by generating sales. You can't run any business without sales. So this is how we're going to do it. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's the situation that you you see right now. I mean, it's going to take a lot for Al Golden to, to sit down with Mark D'Onofrio and say, Mark, this isn't working out. you got to go work somewhere else. Okay? Those well, guys, they're partners, they're buddies, and it's going to take a lot for that to happen. I'm not saying it won't happen. Um, I'm saying it's going to take a lot for that to well, happen. Well, Gary, I'm, I'm not saying that, that uh, you know, Golden has to sit down and fire him. I believe that he needs to, but I think right now – he is behind the strings telling uh, the defensive coordinator what to run and what to do. So well, that's I don't why think, I don't think we know that. I, I think you're guessing. Well, uh, if he was a defensive coordinator and now he's a head coach, every top defense coordinator that's become a head coach, when when the when the the rubber meets the road and that defense isn't performing, they go back to what they know best. That's what he hung his hat on. That's how he got a head job at Temple. And if it's going bad, he is stepping in there telling Mark D'Onofrio what to run. He's working out the game plan with him, and he's leaving Coley out to dry. But Coley is performing because he knows what Miami is all about. So, well, I mean, you know, they, they, they've parlayed their success at Temple into a great opportunity here at Miami. And, and, you know, the first three years have been thrown away because of the NCAA issue. Now it's year four. People are looking for performance. It's up for, to these guys to perform. They didn't perform Saturday night. They got eight more shots here the rest of the year. Let me let some other people get on. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. All right. And give, yeah, give us a call again next week. All right. All right. Let's go out now to the um, the 504, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? Who's this? This is Roland, man, in New Orleans. What's up, Roland? What you got? I'm good, man. I just want to. I uh, got a quick question, Jel- uh, Jelani Hamilton. Just wondering why is he not getting any PT, and you got a guy like uh, Cortell Jenkins, a, tr- uh, a true freshman, and uh, you know, I hadn't seen Jenkins. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, is, is it is it is it, is it talent? Is it is it? I mean, I mean, you you you're talking to the coaches and you're watching the games, so you have a better uh, assessment of what's going on. Um, I mean, Jelani I don't, I'm, I'm problem to... has been his attitude. The coaches aren't happy with him. He, he he's not playing. I don't think he's ever gonna play. And I don't uh-huh. not sure he'll be in the program next year. Well, wow. let me ask you a question. Get another character. Quick, quick question. If you could put me on hold. So let me ask you, you. When you look at Kane's teams in the past, you had guys with attitudes. You had guys that 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 were out outside the norm, but they were still able to to operate within. The function of the team. How is it that you know guys like Jelani Hamilton and the list goes on and on. All these guys just constantly get filtered outside the program or going, you know, leaving the program, transferring. Um, They're not doing a good enough job. 
They're not doing a good enough job of evaluating kids and recruiting. They're signing way too many kids that they shouldn't be signing because of these intangible issues. Gary, uh, man, it's, it's frustrating, man, because when you look at that Miami team, you, I don't see no dog. I don't see – man, it's, it's – man, it's, I don't even know what to say. I'm going to be at the, at the Georgia Tech-Miami uh, game, and, and, and uh, I don't know, man. That defense is just – it's – I don't even know what to say. It's it's that bad as far as team perspective. But got to get better but, uh, quick. I'm, I know you got other calls. I'm, if you can just keep me on hold, I'm gonna listen, man. All right, you got it. All right, it's uh, ten oh eight. Uh, I'm gonna squeeze a few more in here before we go tonight. Um, let's go now to the um, the nine five four, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, I never thought I'd get on. Good thing I don't pay some minutes on this phone. Sorry, man. But, um, Sorry. I mean, you don't know. We, we've got a, we've, we've got sixty lines, and every one of them has been full the whole night. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of lines. But um, what's up with all these people with the chirping smoke alarms? Though? I was just wondering that too. Listening to all these people, is there like a battery shortage going on in Tampa? Anyway. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. But talking about the banner, we're worried about losing recruits because of the banner and bad publicity. What about that's getting the our problems right now? That's what I'm saying. What about getting our ass kicked on national TV, on ESPN2 every night? You know, Nebraska, Louisville, twice, losing to Duke last year. Looks really worse. And who would want to play for Courts Folden or Dorito? If you're a defensive end, where do you want to go? You want to go to FSU where you get to rush the passer? Or do you want to come to Miami and play patty cake and cover receivers once in a while? Any, I mean, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> But, you know, um, I think it depends I'll on the kids. I'll tell you what well, I like. I'll tell you what I like Saturday. I'll tell you what I like Saturday though. We didn't see our players get smacked around like we did against Louisville, where Artie Burns gets smacked by the kicker and walks away looking for a flag. At least we showed a little fight. But it was embarrassing nonetheless. So I just want to say, long live Danny Vasquez. Fly that banner, boy. And I'm hoping to see Folding's house for sale soon. That's it. All right. Oops. Keep them hey, lifetime hey, one hey. rep coming. All right, thanks Hello? for thanks for hanging thanks for hanging on and being part of the show. Um let's go now to the five six one. You're now live on King Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir, that's you. Talk. Hey Gary. You're on. I, 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 I have a couple questions for you. One of them, how much impact do you think the trustees or the big donors go to Blake James and say, Listen, man, something's gotta change on the defensive side of the ball or we're gonna withhold our funds. Oh, they're going. They're going now, but you know, they're not. It, it's not even an issue. I mean, nobody's. They're, they're, everyone's talking. Everyone's sending emails. There's nobody that's going to be writing a ten million dollar check to pay for a football coach. And and even if somebody did write a ten million dollar check, I would sit there and jumping down all day saying, "You can't spend that ten dollars, ten million dollars to buy at Al Golden. You got to build no, well, an indoor e- practice facility or something." I mean, they got way better even- things to spend. Ten million dollars on. They need Al Golden. I don't know if you read my column today. They need Al Golden to step up and be a head football coach. And, and no, I, I meant more. Get it I meant more for on the Donafio side because listen, Golden's never going to fire Donafio. He was his best man on his wedding. It's not happening. It's got to be external pressure somewhere where they where they just kind of black, you know threaten him because he's not going to make the change. I think that I'm not sure team. Golden will do it, man. I mean, Blake James could try that, and that's not his style. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you, you know Blake is not that kind of guy. I mean, you know Blake's philosophy is I hire my head coaches. 
and I and my head coaches hire their staff, and and you know I don't see him going and making those kind of demands on Coach Golden. And right, and, I, and I'm not one for changing uh, coaching staffs every four years because if you don't have continuity in your program, you're never going to win. I mean, you want to go back to the exceptions maybe in the days with the Canes, but by and large, that doesn't happen. But I don't see the defensive line, the defensive side of the ball changing. I think they're going to give up a ton of points against Duke. It's a copycat league. They see what one team does good. Everybody does it. He hasn't been able to stop it for, for four years. It's not going to end. And I'm, I'm afraid what's going to happen is the reason why they don't have any playmakers on defense is because they see the performance of the defense. Nobody wants to play for this guy. They want to play for successful coaches that think they can get to the next level. They're not going to get to the next level when they play for D'Onofrio. Well, un- unfortunately, if you're a top player out there being recruited by everybody in the United States, that's what you're hearing from other coaches who are recruiting them. And and it's tough to overcome, and that's why right now they can't recruit in the upper echelon of talent around the country, and they're they're fishing in the second tier where they are getting some of those kids, but it's a big problem because you end up with a roster that doesn't have impact players on it. And Pierre, very- one, last, one last question. Do you think financially that Miami cannot hire quality, high-quality, high-paid assistant court, you know, coordinators, or do you think it's, it's just if Golden wanted anybody in the country, he can get them, price wouldn't be a hinder, hindrance? Well, I don't think money is a big issue. I, you know, you're not going to go be able to go out and do like what Alabama does and pay Lane right. Kiffin a million, a million dollars plus. No, you know, they're not, Miami's not going to be able to do that, but they're paying their coordinators $500,000 right now, which is more than coordinators have ever made at Miami. I mean, that's a respectable salary. And, and you know, I don't. I don't think money is the problem here. Okay, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you All next right. week. Yeah, give us a call Bye-bye. next week. All right. Let's try to squeeze in a couple more. Let's go to the two hundred two. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. I was. Hey, Gary. What's up? Hey, what's up? Who's this? Go ahead. What you got? Uh, my main concern is this, right? Um, what people don't understand is, um, it's like a lot of linebackers. Like they, like, they lost about three linebackers that are going to be a good starter or senior this year. So that right there kind of helped the team. And then, and then the problem is, if a team keeps running the ball on the same side for, like, 95% of the play, once you just adapt to what the team is doing to you, but then, but then you're not doing that. Hey, you're, I'm going to have to let you go. You're breaking up. I, I apologize, but we can't really hear you very well, so... Um, give us a call again next week on a better line. Let's go out to the two four zero where you're now live on King Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is uh, D Black. Hey, what's 21. up, D Black? What you got for us? Uh, not much. I took last week off, man. I just had to take last week off. <laughs> but I got a couple. I got a couple things. A couple things. I'm gonna be real brief this evening. But I'm gonna piggyback off the of words of one of the greatest Kings ever played for the University of Miami, Warren Sapp. He stated before. You should never hire someone that you can't fire, period. And, you know, you said the, the assistant coaches have to buckle down, I guess, and pull up their big boy pants and, and get it fixed. Well, sometimes, Gary, you are what you are in this business, and that's and they are what they are. They can't do no better. They can't do no better. Gary, I'm sitting here watching the game like you're a journalist. I can't I can't do what you do, Gary. I'm a former player and a coach. I know the game. 
I got an eight-year-old son and my six-year-old son. We're sitting here watching the game, and I lie to you not. They're watching the DBs, and they're saying, Daddy, yo, they're not looking and leaning. They're not looking and leaning with the receiver. Daddy, why is he playing so far off? Why is he on the back of his heels? Now, you mean to tell me an eight-year-old could sit here and watch a game and dissect dissect the techniques of the DBs, Gary? And you mean to tell me a DB coach for the University of Miami that's getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars can't correct that? I mean, Gary, it's, it's, it's terrible. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I have been stunned by how poor the technique is by the cornerbacks this year. And you've seen it in every, you've seen it in every game. Gary, we've seen it in every game for the past four years. It's, it's been mean, extra bad this year, though, for some reason. Oh, I don't yeah, know why. Been, Gary, it's been terrible. Oh, my I God. I don't know why. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, and I'm sitting here thinking I'm listening to, like, a past caller when he was talking about the Duke game and how we was getting bludgeoned, and you said, well, they didn't have time to adjust because it was in the second half. Cool. But then I'm thinking, well, what if that was Jimmy? Or what if that was Butch? Would they would have made the adjustment that fast? Yes, they would have. And I got something else. What does Jimmy Johnson and Butch Davis have in common? Not just being that they coach together at Miami and for Dallas, but one thing they have in common, they both fired their defensive coordinators after they realized they was terrible. Yes, they Jimmy did. Johnson, Jimmy Johnson brought in Dave Wanstead, right? And yep. Bush Davis brought in Gretzkiano. And yep. the rest is history. And, I and Bill Miller, by the way, was one, was a very good friend of Butch Davis's when he let him go. Exactly. A- exactly. Very good friend. Sometimes at the end of the day, if you're the head coach, like you said, it's time for you to be a coach. That means put your big boy pants on, grab your Grab your manhood and say, look, Denafio, you are still my man. I love you, but this is not personal. It's business. It's for the betterment of the program, and we have to move in a different direction. It's as simple as that. All right, D. Black, I, I think that's a, it's a great way to end the show tonight. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think you make some great points. And, um, you know, give us a call again next week. Oh, definitely, Gary. I'll talk to you next week, and hopefully we can go out here and, and show and prove against Duke. <laughs> All righty. Thanks, man. Well, it's been an action-packed uh, two hours and uh, 18 minutes. Um, I want to thank everybody that called tonight. Uh, apologize profusely to everybody that waited on hold that didn't get on. Um, you know, I try to balance between, you know, cutting people off and, and letting them get their thoughts in and um, – but obviously a fan base that has a lot to say, a lot of really solid points made on tonight's show as usual, and um, see what happens against Duke. Um, but clearly the defense better come out and do some things differently this Saturday than it did at Nebraska, or else uh, it's going to be another long weekend for the Canes fan and uh, another animated show here next Tuesday night. So um, thank you again, everybody, for being part of the show. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.